Hi, everybody. So uh, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey. As I almost forgot to grab my mic right here, that would have been a little bit awkward doing the entire thing without a microphone. Uh, but it's great to be back. Another Wednesday, another show. And I, of course, am your host, Mark Williams. And I'm joined by Mr. Anthony Loraco. And hey, Mark, um, I'm, I'm sorry to break it to you, but your, your dream of Tyler Mott returning um, is not happening as he signed with the Ottawa Senators. Uh, but I mean, he I could tell you he wasn't coming back to the Rangers. They just didn't have the cap space to make it work. But um, good addition for Ottawa. Good addition to Ottawa in their bottom six. Yeah, actually, that is breaking news. And we're going to start with that right now. And I know that there's some Ranger fans out there right now going, oh, my God, they didn't sign Tyler Mott. But they got Sammy Blay, who's basically Tyler Mott. Um, they got, although Tyler Mott is a, can at least go to center also. But, I mean, it's it's not really that much of heartbreaking news, to be honest with you, Anthony. I, I, I really like Tyler Mott. But also the other thing is a lot of people think Ottawa is going to, like, march the Stanley Cup and they're going to need him. No, they're probably going to miss the playoffs and sell them off at the end anyway. So the Rangers could get them in March if they really need to. Yeah. I mean, I don't, well, I don't know. I, I know you're, you're just making a point exaggerating. I don't think anyone's saying the senators are going to the Stanley cup, but uh, they're, they are, they are an improved team, man. You, you look at their, their depth chart of forwards. Um, you know, they got a good group, you know, Stutzla and Norris and Giroux, Debrinket, Kachuk, I mean, mm. Batherson, then you have guys like Mott in the bottom six. Formentin is a solid player. They still have to re-sign. Um, so they they got they got a good group of, of forwards. I mean, they're 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 solid. It's just their defense and their goaltending, but they're gonna be a much improved team. They're not gonna be an easy out by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, and I'm I'm not saying that either. It's just you get everybody's got the shiny new toy that they just want to focus on. Be like, watch out for this team because this team is is going to be there. I mean, I know Sanderson's going to be up this year, probably. Probably. But it's I, – I just don't see it yet. That's the thing about Ottawa. And especially that I still think – now, the, the reason why a lot of people are going to talk about it is because the Bruins look like the team that's going to be the one missing the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, and, they're, they're missing a lot of key guys to start the season. But by the way, you get better on teams like this when you get a Tyler Mott into your lineup and your bottom six is better. And uh, we're going to talk about a player who just recently signed and is really a bottom six player. I saw some tweets before about a, a certain player in the bar talk that we got who they, they said, oh, he would be a great top six forward. No, not for the Rangers. That's for one thing. But we're going to get to that in a second. First, uh, well, first things first. If you happen to notice, I'm wearing my Big Apple hockey hat. That is what is available right now in our eBay store. Uh, there's only limited supply that I have. I'm going to probably order some more. Anthony, are you wearing yours? No, I have it. I'm, I'm wearing my <laughs> New York hat. But... It's basically the same style as that one. Yeah, Richard, Richardson. I, I, yeah. Actually, yeah. I should have grabbed a, a white one right before I started. But, yeah. but the big news, Anthony... And we could start singing it along. It's beginning to look a lot like hockey. <laughs> because 
the Rangers are opening up their mini camps or the rookie camp. And uh, I actually, I didn't make a banner for this. So we're just going to have to talk about it. Uh, the, so the Rangers have their rookie camp that they're, they're doing. I know the, the, their tournament, they had the flyers last year that they played against for one. And I have to say, so looking at the Rangers specifically first right now, what's the rookie you think is going to be the most impactful? Or your or the rookie you're most looking forward to seeing. Well, if he's still a rookie, Braden Schneider. I mean, he's the guy that's probably going to make the team um, for sure. He's definitely on. That, yeah. Other than that, um, I'm not sure if they're going to have another rookie crack the roster. I mean, they they, they I mean, they kind of like the Islanders have a little bit of you know crunch at the forward position. Um, you know, a lot of guys like I know Gauthier is going to be traded most likely or waived, but they have guys like Gauthier and Hunt and. Crafts off all in the mix, um, you know, trying to lock down ro- roster spots. Not to mention they signed Ryan Carpenter. Um, so, like, a prospect like Brennan Othman, I know a lot of Ranger fans are excited about him. Um, I don't, I don't see how, I don't see how he would make the team. Um, you know, this is a guy that has to play really in a in a top six role, maybe the third line. But as it is, the Rangers, the Rangers seem to be locked up at their first, you know, the first three lines. Um, I mean, maybe at the expense of Kraftsoff, but I'll tell you this: if if you know Othman made the team and over Kraftsoff, and they tried to send Kraftsoff down, that would be the end of it for sure. He would definitely then one hundred percent be traded at that point. So well, I, yeah. don't know, I just I just don't think uh, Othman's going to make the team just because of the numbers. Um, and also, as as you saw last year, teams don't like to to waive people who could go through waivers. I mean, the Rangers, even though they didn't use him, they didn't want to subject Libor Hayek to waivers, so they kept him. Um, yeah. So they're not going to waive a player at the expense of trying of keeping Offman on the roster. So I just, I just don't see it for him this year making the team. I, I don't. I, I would be very surprised. Well, even if they did go with Brennan Offman, it's going to be uh, the first – nine games at the most, give him a little bit of a taste of the NHL and then send him back to the OHL because he's got OHL availability and that's just what's going to happen with, with him. So uh, the guy that I look at in camp and I've been talking about him basically all summer is Will Cooley. And here are some of his stats from um, the, the Winston, the Windsor Spitfires. But the thing about him is he's going to be more of a bottom six forward. And it's going to be, how is that going to work if, say, Sammy Blay goes down? So he's probably not going to make the team right out of camp. And it might be still a ways down in Hartford. I mean, there's other guys like um, uh, Payanemi or uh, maybe even Brett Berard that could make that could possibly make the team later on. But you like you're saying before, the thing is, if if Vitaly Kratsov isn't on the opening day roster, it's a tremendous, tremendous failure on his part, as well as everyone else's. So uh, that scouted and that we're trying to develop this guy, because then in that case, what exactly did you see? That's the question I have to ask the Rangers about that one. And um, I think they're going to give him a decent shot of making the team. You argued he could have made the team last year. And if Philk was here, there'd be a much angrier reaction right now about how they handled it last year but it's um so other than that the other guy to mention really is just dylan garand who uh was the back who was the goalie for team canada and i mean who knows he might impress and 
at least give a thought to the backup spot. Obviously, it's your yeah, Holak. He's locked up. That's yeah, cut you off there, Mark. It's not, it's not happening. They signed Holak to be the backup. They're not getting rid of him right off the bat. So, which is which is what I said. I didn't think that they were doing that. He's also, I mean, Halak is like 37 years old. So yeah, you never know exactly how how much more is left in him. And he's by the way, Yaroslav Halak, seventh round draft pick of the 2003 NHL draft. Hey, Ranger fans, remember who they took in that draft? Hugh Jessamine. Tied in goal scored with me and Anthony. So anyway, um, Anthony, so talk a little bit about the Rangers. What about the Islanders who aren't having the minicamp, but, you know, what's the Islanders rookie that you're looking forward to seeing? And I'm pretty sure there's one of two answers. Well, like like the Rangers, um, I don't see any of them making the team. I mean, as it is right now, Kiefer Bellows, who they just re-signed, doesn't really even like have a spot right now. I mean, their their forward group is exactly the same. So for, for him to even make the team, you know, that means, you know, whether it be, you know, Matt Martin this year, he becomes a 13th forward and you bump Parise down to the fourth line and that opens a spot for Bellows. So the point is, I'll get to it, but Dufour and Ratu. But again, um, for for either of them to make the team, there would have to be some relatively heavy lifting done to the roster to make that happen. Um, I just I just don't see it. Um, it's just it's just it's just not happening. Because not not because maybe they won't be ready or they won't be good in camp. It's just strictly a numbers game, you know. And and Lou isn't gonna you know he's not gonna wave a you know, a Matt Martin or he's not going to wave a Zach Parise or whatever because he doesn't believe in, you know, losing, passing guy through waivers and losing him for nothing. It's very rare. Um, so I, I don't I don't see it happening. Uh, I think Ratu and Dufour will start in Bridgeport together, hopefully on the line. Um, they're the Islanders' two best prospects. And Corey Promen ranked uh, William Dufour as 77th best prospect in the league, uh, 23 and younger. Um so th- those are the two guys that, in you know, maybe next year or the year after will we'll make the team. Um, but right now, I would be absolutely floored if any of them made the roster. Again, there's just too many. It's a numbers game. There'd be too many bodies that would have to move out for them to beat out. And, um, you know, I mean, the, the one thing here, well, what if William DeFore, you know, outperforms Oliver Wallstrom or whatever? I mean, Probably not feasible, but if it is, I mean, it's good that DeFore would, would do that, but it's also wouldn't speak highly of Oliver Wallstrom either. So, um, you know, who they have high expectations for this year now that, you know, Barry Trotz is gone. So, again, um, I don't see any of the Islanders' young guys making the team. Now, Mark, if you ask me on defense, then that's a different question. Okay. Well, who is the defenseman? Uh, so it seems to be a, a three – a three-headed uh, race uh, for the, that sixth spot on the left side uh, between Sebastian Ajo, Robin Salo, and Dennis Chalosky, who they just signed as an unrestricted free agent. Um, my guess is that Ajo probably has the leg up just because he's a little more experienced, but uh, I think Robin Salo is ultimately going to win out. Um, he showed in the preseason and also the action that he got during the year that he can move the puck. He plays the game with pace. Um, and he didn't look lost out there. So uh, I would hope Robin Sala wins the spot, but we'll have to see. But I would I would say he's the one rookie that it's it would be relatively safe to pencil in on the roster. 
<laughs> and uh, you know what? I really like what I saw out of Robin Sala last year too. And it was one of those things that I thought that's when the Islanders um, really started picking up their plays when they got younger and you got guys like Bellows and the, and some of those guys in there because uh, there's just there they need to get younger. There's there's a lot of age on that roster and a lot of tread on some of those tires, and they really need to do that. By well, the way, Green, Tommy, I see that question. I'm going to save that for a Q and A later. Green and Chara leaving <laughs> reduced their average age greatly because those two guys were both you know over forty. They brought their average age up by a lot. I know, and it's and it's one of those things. And as a matter of fact, the Rangers are being talked about about trying to sign Zidane Ochara to a, a PTO. As a matter of fact, yeah. in our group chat uh, this week, it was um, Michael Stone, Hickey, and Chara oh. were the talked about for the veterans. Yeah. And and you know my answer was just, oh God, please well, not Chara. Hickey. And Stone Stone signed a PTO with the Flames, so you may be good there. And Hickey. Signed a PTO with the devil. So you didn't dodge the Chara bullet yet, my friend. Didn't you did not No, not yet. But again, that leads me to one last guy that's in the rookie camp, one last defenseman, and that's Matthew Robertson. And I think he's uh, he's one of those guys I just – every time I watch him play, I just think he's – even though he's not there yet, he could maybe step in and be that, like, last defenseman. I don't know. Uh, we're going to see about that one as soon as possible. There's, they don't seem to trust Jared Tenorti, which is true no. because he's not very good. And also, uh... so it was it was Arthur Staple, the Rangers beat writer. He said that they were yeah. looking to bring in a veteran defenseman on a PTO. Correct, a credible reporter, not not like anybody that's like on Twitter. No, it was a yeah. it was a good reporter. You see Frank Zavella, you see you see, you see Arthur Staple. Elliot Friedman, and you're like, all right, th- there we go. But I mean, there's so, and as far as a lot of those guys go, when you when you look at rookies like this, and you get like Nils Lundqvist right now, who's holding out for a trade, you get these guys that they're they're trying to change around their situations, and when you do that, there's somebody right behind you that could take your spot. So sometimes it's it would have just been better show up in camp and then get the um and ask for the trade and everything else. Like I just, sometimes with these guys, I, I don't understand why they, they, they don't just don't, just don't show up. Like I, take for instance, Vitaly Kratsov going back to the KHL last year really didn't help his situation. And by that time, now Brennan Ottman's more of a plan. Now Will Cooley's more of a plan. There, there, there's so many other things that happens. So that's the way, that's the nature of sports. You either work hard and then, or somebody else is going to take your job. It's just, just like that. That's 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 my mini rant for the day. Trust me, everybody. There's a bigger rant coming later on in in the show. But just to also remind everybody, football season is upon us. And if you click the link below, you can sign up with BetUs.com and get 125 percent bonus. We are going to be going over Stanley Cup odds next week, and as well as some futures. And we still got like the. Uh, a, a lot of a lot of stuff that we have to go over for the season preview coming soon enough where we'll be all three of us together we will make sure of that one regular training we had camp. a lot of stuff we got right last year by the training way training camp I opens just, uh, a week from week from today most camps open the 21st yep yeah and can't can't wait for that anthony yeah can't wait for that it's and then preseason uh, we, games are right around the corner after that so it's coming yeah, we, 
Because fortunately, hockey could save us from 9,000 missed field goals in a football game this week because that's Cincinnati Buffalo game. Oh my God. Pittsburgh. So that's what Pittsburgh. I meant to say. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Pittsburgh. I enjoyed, it might as well have been Buffalo. They <laughs> the football this week. My yeah. Bills, I mean, Bills dominated. Yeah. They, they look good. Your Bills looked good. My Dolphins, I actually got to watch a Dolphin game for the first time in years and uh, they looked decent. We'll say yeah. about that. I'm not going to. I'm not going to drink the Kool-Aid yet, but Anthony, let's do some bar talk. Shot. This is the easiest I've ever had to answer. Let me say beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so excited? You're going to buy everybody rounds? You're really not feeling good. You just you really need a shot. Or, uh, so-so, I'll take a beer on this one. Go ahead, play along in the comments. Once again, everybody, the, the trucker hats are available. You can put it down in uh, the link below. That'll lead you right there. And also, like, we got a million other things. I haven't even mentioned the Manscaped, but, you know, trying to make trying to make money so I don't have to bartend anymore. But, um, Anthony, there was a great joke this week. Uh, Might have been last week. I got to share this with you. That the highest paid actors, I think it was uh, hockey heavy hitters, but we stole the meme and put it on uh, the Sports Brats, which is a, an Instagram uh, sports satire page. But the highest paid actors, Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, and Igor Sesterkin. Now, Anthony, I got to ask you this question. Is Igor Sesterkin a diver? Um, I mean, I, I've seen him flop a couple of times. I mean, it's, it's, it's getting close to it where, you know, if it happens, you know, a couple of times, maybe early in the season or whatnot, he's definitely going to get pegged with that reputation and, you know, I, I get it. Goalies, they, they try to sell it to get their team in power play if they, you know, uh, absorb some contact. But um, at the same time, you know, it's not it's not a good look. You know, you, you don't want to be a player that gets known or pegged for being a diver. So, like I said, he, he's teetering that line for sure. Um, but, you know, I would say he should definitely be careful with, with going over it because then once, like I said, once you're pegged a diver, it kind of sticks with you. Uh, oh, so what, what was it, beer? Yeah. Yeah. And thank you. I got to load that one up and I'm going to say, I'm going to say beer too. Uh, you know, you're expecting me to be the Igor defender and say shot, but the truth is that look, all goalies try to get a call. All goalies are doing it all the time. They're all a little bit showy. And I mean, if you want to say something, like that he's Russian, so of course he's gonna dive. That don't say that either, because that's xenophobic. You you prejudice bastards. But it's um, you know, he everybody's gonna embellish a little bit as far as a goaltender goes, because if a goaltender does it, they're likely not getting a call. That's for one thing. So yeah. yeah, I'm gonna say there is a little bit of of embellishing. He's not a diver though. He's not gonna just fall on his face randomly and i still disagree with i think it was against the boston bruins where they pulled him out from concussion protocol and i think it was jack uh jack crawford or maybe one of the play the play-by-play glass that just lambasted him for it no absolutely not 
He's that's it's they shouldn't have pulled him out of that game, by the way. Uh, Donnell, by the way, on your question on NHL video games, we're going to get to that later in the Q&A. I saved it. And also I got the other stuff, uh, the other comment that you had on there that I loaded. Anthony, going to the New York Islanders, and this is a topic I really wanted to discuss with you at some point, but it made it a bar talk topic. The Islanders missed their opportunity to be a free agent player. I mean, what do you like? No, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Obviously we all know they didn't do anything this off season, but um, you know, they didn't, they didn't have the money to, to offer a Gaudreau contract, which they probably lost out on that because they, they couldn't really get serious with them. Um, and then Kadri they had in the bag. They just wouldn't, you know, Lou just wasn't willing to move to move it first to trade Josh Bailey. So, um, you know, I'll I'll say shot to this. I mean, next next year is a different year. I mean, we'll we'll see who's available and what transpires on the ice this season and what they need. But, um, you know, like I said, this year, um, other than Gaudreau and Kadri, I guess they felt as free agent wise uh, that there really wasn't anyone worth signing. I mean, I disagree. I think you know Borakowski would have been good and some other guys, but. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I again, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, you know, uh, and I'll reiterate, I'll reiterate again. I mean, they had Kadri in the bag; they just wouldn't move a first trade Bailey. So it's not like they couldn't, you know, attract him, sign him. Um, it was there. It was just lose stubbornness. So um, at the end of the day, it, like I said, he didn't add anybody this off season. We'll see what happens next off season. But I, I don't think this year has any any, you know, long-term effect on them being able to sign a player in free agency. By the way, just a, something that I noticed, and it's also going to be part of my answer, the shot guy, while he also covers up your face, he also stands right on the, uh, the bottom of your window right there. Yeah. I didn't realize I, I actually worked that out so perfectly. <laughs> Anthony, I know everybody wants me to say buy around, and I know I want to say I want to buy around, but I also have said before, I don't think that fits in the lose MO. And I, he's not really a free agent type of GM that just busts out for free agents. And Islanders are kind of one that spreads all the, the money around to everybody. So it's really not that much of a problem. You could always come back to it later on. Maybe I mean, everybody seems to be on a $5 million deal for like four years, the way it seems with them. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I know. Uh, we're, we're we're ready on the on the you know what list. So at this I know point, we're on the shit list. That, but you know what? And and look, I'm gonna call it like it is. But in this one, I gotta I gotta say, I don't think they missed. I think part of me wants to say that they missed it, but I also think maybe they didn't. Maybe 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 just having more talent spread out around the lineup is gonna work out. We'll see about that. I mean, Lou, Lou seems to be more of a of a. Um trade deadline guy like when the Islanders are in the playoffs he's not afraid to make a deal to get a to get a rental like Pajot and and Palmieri Mm. and back-to-back years um but in the summertime it seems like a different story like I said he hasn't since since he came aboard and and I had a post on this in the all things Islander group and then you know I get called out by a bunch of homers because god forbid you speak bad of Lou but um I called it like it is and I said since Lou took over in 18 in the you know June of 2018, he has not signed one like impactful top free agent at the forward position. He hasn't. He signed middling guy, you know, Derek Broussard, Zach Parise, mm-hmm. you know, Valtteri Filpola, Leo Komarov, you know, Varlamov. He signed guys, but he has not signed a 
like a top six forward, um, you know, a legitimate difference maker. He, he hasn't. He, and that's facts. And that's factual. It's not opinion. It's factual. He hasn't. Um, but again, he's not afraid to trade for, you know, a guy at the trade deadline. So it is correct. Really- I've gone over this a million times. I think even with you guys that I did this, that Lou Lamarillo, he doesn't sign free agents. He'll trade for those guys and then re-sign them. He did it with McGilney. He did it with um, uh, Ilya Kovalchuk. That was uh, that, that was, was Garth Snow. That was Garth Snow. But and that's the thing. I mean, I think there is a narrative that that's there. It's just I, you know, I want to kill him. I want to kill him over this, but I can't. I, I I can't do it. I don't think they were getting Johnny Gaudreau. And when Forsberg signed with, uh, resigned in Nashville, kind of really wasn't that many guys to go after. But well, they still I was no one. I was. I was told I was told that Gaudreau had had interest in the Islanders and they did they did talk, but they were never able to they were never able to table an offer for him because they simply just couldn't make the salary work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's <laughs> is what, well, it is what it is. It is what it is. So, again, I you thought I was going to kill him on it, but no, I'm not going to. They still were the only team that did not sign a free agent. Anthony, speaking about free agents and somebody that we've talked about this summer, Evan Rodriguez is going to have a career best year. Uh, I mean, beer. Uh, he, um, what was he coming? He's coming off of like a 45 point year last year. Uh, yeah, I'll flash those numbers for you right now. I wanted um, to get them here first. You know, he's, he's a good player. He waited a long time. Um, obviously, he didn't sign to what, yesterday, two days ago? Mm-hmm. And he landed on the defending Stanley Cup champions who were an offensive juggernaut. Uh, so he's, he's going to have he's, – he's going to have every shot he can of having a career year. He's going to be surrounded by talent. And now, granted, he's not going to play like on the top power play unit or whatnot, but um, he's still going to get opportunities – uh, to to produce in a you know a fairly decent sized role, so um, yeah, it, it's very it's very very possible. The Avalanche, like I said, they they score in bunches. They're one of the most explosive teams in the league, so I think he put himself in a good position to to get a career high and then you know earn a really big or not a really big but earn a bigger contract the next go around. I really like this signing for Colorado. And it really gives you Alex Newhook insurance because I think that's who they want to take the second line center job. They want Alex Newhook to jump up there. And what that does is then Rodriguez is a bottom six center that's in there. And that's something where I saw, and I was looking at Rangers Twitter before we went on, there were guys saying, Oh, you know, Rodriguez, he could have been a good top six forward for the Rangers. The Rangers don't need Evan Rodriguez to be a top six forward. Rangers no. would need a, a, a him at the bottom if they do if they did that. And Evan Rodriguez is a good bottom six center. I think he's starting to find that niche. He was hot for about two months for the Pittsburgh Penguins and then was just dry as the Sahara for February and March of last year or might even in he got like a couple goals in April. But Going into the, and he had a really good series against the Rangers. I think he had uh, two or three goals, but it's including a goal in game seven that gave him the lead. But it's just as as far as Rodriguez goes, he, he'll fit in great with the Avalanche because they're not expecting him to go carry the team. I think he's gonna make, I think he's making that team. 
Um, because he's a, it's a PTO, right? That he's on. I forgot, or is it a one year deal? Who? Rodriguez. No, he's, he's he signed a contract. Okay, so uh, it's a one year deal. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely making that team. That's how you know because he signed a contract. All right, something I should have looked up beforehand. Um, speaking about teams that also just had like a couple of extensions this week, Rob Thomas and Jordan Cairo have eight year. million uh, deals per starting next season. Anthony, the St. Louis Blues will have a cap crunch coming next year. And this is pertinent Um, information for you first. This is what they got. Yep. I'm actually going to – I might surprise you. I'm going to say shot. Okay. Because – Vladimir Tarasenko is likely going to leave as an unrestricted free agent, and that's um, that's what how, seven seven and a half million dollars coming off the books. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think I'm obviously they'll still have to sign RRR, but at that point, I think that they'll be able to manage that just by moving a body or so. So uh, both Tarasenko coming off the books and not retaining him, then you know I don't think it'll be an issue for them. You know what? I'm going to join you. I was going to start it with a beer. I'm going to go right the shot as well. There you go. Covering up your face again. But um, yeah, Doug Armstrong's already planning for next year. He's already got these guys signed. You got them next year. I did the St. Louis Blues uh, <laughs> season wrap up on the Big Apple Hockey Podcast uh, blog. And it's just they're, those two guys are on the rise in Cairo and, and Thomas. Sign yeah, them long term and get some discounts right now. They're looking be, great. Doesn't that seem to be the trend there right now with Thomas, Cairo, Stutzla? You, you know, you pay a guy a lot, but you're you're banking on you know for them to really keep growing. And I think that's what the Blues here did with Thomas and Cairo and matching yeah. deals. I mean, and listen, these these guys are their are their future. Like I said, you know, Tarasenko's out the door. You know, even if they keep Ryan O'Reilly, he's getting older. Um, Peron left, obviously. So, I mean, these these are the guys that are going to be propelling them for the next couple of years. So they did the right thing to get them locked up, and, you know, hopefully they continue to grow as a hockey player. And I got to I gotta say, that philosophy is pretty much uh, in a lot of places around the NHL right now, except Dallas. They're not <laughs> – because there seems to be this pretty good player they're not paying just yet over there. But, you know, we'll we'll wait on that one. Hopefully he'll sign sometime soon. Anthony, by the way, speaking about another good player, a uh, really good young player. I also got to ask you this question first. Who was one of your favorite players of the late nineties? In the late nineties, um, Sergei Fedorov. Uh, I, I loved Sergei Fedorov. Um, wow. Obviously Pavel Bore. Oh, I, I make no bones about it. I am a huge Paul Correa fan. I just, I, I, I marveled at him after his mm-hmm. first season in the NHL. He was amazing, but he was also the first ever Asian to be named uh, full-time captain of a hockey team. Mm-hmm. So Nick Suzuki is the right choice for captain in Montreal. I, I mean, I, I thought that maybe Brendan Gallagher could have, could have been a fit to wear the C, but um, I mean, let's face it. Suzuki's more their future. He's younger. Uh, you could argue that he's their best player. Um, I mean, ahead of Cole Caulfield, um, 
you know, the guy I already heard he, you know, this summer he took classes to get better at French because that's a big thing there. If you're the cat, if you're the captain of the Montreal Canadiens, you need to, you know, you need to be able to understand French and speak a little bit of it. So, um, again, you know, maybe maybe Gallagher I thought could have been, but uh, I'm at the same time I don't think Suzuki was a bad choice at all. Uh, not to say that I, I'm a big believer in, you know. Just because it's your best player doesn't mean he should be the captain. I think that's a fact, and most people agree. But um, again, he is their best player. You know, he's he does seem like a leave it all out on the ice type of guy. Um, he does hustle. He plays with a lot of you know intensity at times. So yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good choice. Definitely, I'm not I'm not going to kill him for it. All right, so it was beer on that one, right? Yeah. Okay. My apologies. I did it to you again. That's twice in one. In one thing, you know what? I'm I'm buying everybody around on this. I actually looked all the, uh, the 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 quotes that were coming down from Jeff Gorton to his other teammates. Him talking to Shea Weber and immediately uh, trying to gauge what he has to what he has to do. Yes, improving in your French really does help, especially in Montreal. Um, but you know what, Anthony? Just they're talking about the maturity of this kid and he's coming into his own and it's fitting by the way, that he's named the captain since he was traded for Montreal's one of their previous other captains in Max Pacioretty. So, I mean, uh, I, you gotta love what you're seeing out of Nick Suzuki so far. Granted, I know the numbers aren't as great. That minus 49 sticks out like a sore thumb, but you know, he's, there's so many great things about him. And also, I mean, any chance I get to mention Paul Correa is Filk is still alive. Everybody, <laughs> he works during the week. He works a nine to five. We are going to have Filk back on. Don't worry about that. He's gone nowhere. So, all right. But I mean, every time I get to ever mention Paul Correa, I'm going to do it as well. But I mean, I, I love what, uh, what I'm reading at a Nick Suzuki and uh, what Marty St. Louis thoughts on him were. And hey, Anthony, there's all these, there's all this talk about Patrick Kane being traded at the end of the season, or where's Patrick Kane going to go? Jonathan Taves is a more attractive trade deadline piece than Patrick Kane. Shot. Okay. Um, I mean, Patrick Kane is is a much better player than Taves. I mean, you know, five years ago. Um, I'm still saying Kane, but maybe it's not so definitive. Uh, but Kane, Kane is a better player than Taves. I mean, yeah, Taves has more intangibles and, you know, he's the leader and, you know, captain serious. I get all that. Uh, but Kane is a difference maker, difference maker and needle mover. It can really um, propel whatever team acquires him to win a Stanley Cup. So um, don't, I think they both will be traded at the deadline. Um, I think that's almost a fact. Uh, but again, I, I think Kane is the more attractive piece um, than Jonathan Taves is. So uh, I will go with shot. Uh, I'm going to go to beer. And here's the reason why I'm actually going to upgrade from yours. I, I, I'm not going to go too crazy. I think the fact that he's got such a huge price tag and that he's kind of had his health wane a little bit. He's kind of been a shell of what he used to be um, offensively speaking but I don't think you're going to have to give up the farm like you're going to have to for Patrick Kane, who's still arguably a really productive player. The other thing is, and that intangible that we were talking about, 
yes, the captain serious and all that other stuff. But Anthony, that is going to really impact a lot of trade deadline uh, maneuvering. Because if you can get a Jonathan Taves to be a third line center, talking about Selkie trophy winner, is he as good as what he was in 2013? Obviously not. But I do think, I do think you could give up less, get t- uh, Taves. Because I'm trying to figure out where Patrick Kane goes. I mean, he's got a full no trade clause, so he's got to okay where he's going. I mean, he probably will. That's a different story. But we'll get to that, and we'll get to that a little bit later in the comments. But that's one of my thoughts. And Anthony, the last one, and I've kind of alluded to this a lot, but John, John Tortorella will cost the Flyers their chance at Connor Bedard. Um, I'm gonna say. I'm going to say shot. Um, I think even if Tortorella tries to tighten that team up um, and he's a good coach, I still, I still think they're going to be really bad. Um, I don't think he's going to prevent them from getting Connor Bedard. But then again, um, I mean, I personally doesn't personally don't really think it matters too much. Uh, I think the coyotes or, um, or the Blackhawks are going to be worse than them. So uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to cost them Connor Bedard. <laughs> I'm going to buy everybody around on this because I think, I, I just think Tortorella is too good of a coach. Look at that winning percentage. He's, he's well over 500. I forgot who's got more wins. I, I wanted to look it up right now. It's either him or La Violette that have the most amount of wins for an American born coach. I think it is actually Peter La Violette. So it's I have to emphasize that because everybody hates it when I regionalize and blur through his name. But anyway, um, but John Tortorella is he's going to tighten things up and he's probably going to knock him out of the top five and they're going to be they're they're not going to win the lottery and go all the way up to number one. So I, I think that could happen. I don't have that much faith in Philadelphia, Anthony, but you know it's it, it, this guy. Why do you bring him in if not to win games? So that's just my personal thought about that. Well, that is the end of Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk for today. And again, the hats are available. Sean, you were asking about it last week. Click in the link below and then go pick up the hat. I'll ship it out to you. So, I mean, I love this thing. I think it looks great. I wore it on Beth Page Black last week, which, by the way, don't exactly wear a brand new hat out when you're going to walk five miles on a golf course and up and down and all over the place. It's not not the best thing. Probably wearing it. I'm going to Hey, by the way, Anthony, I'm going to go to the Mets game tonight. First time all year. Oh, so nice. it's, uh, yeah, I, I can't believe it took me till September to go see a Mets game. Usually I'm at least seeing a one away game a year. But Are you, are you uh, going to wait that long to see a Ranger game? Oh, no, I'm hoping to see a preseason game. Uh, I think the Devils uh, – I was actually – by the way, I'll, I'll be honest with you on this. I was kind of thinking about going to Jersey for a Rangers-Devils game, but uh, uh, I think it's – the day they're at the Prudential Center is the day that uh, – I think it's one of the days I'm working, so I really can't do didn't, it. Didn't we do the uh, the preseason game last year at the Garden, Rangers Island? Yes, we did. Yes, we yeah. did. Yeah, you guys can also see that footage. Big Apple Hockey at the Garden. Like, I would love to do that again, but I know the Rangers Islanders that's coming up in, uh, let's see, today is the 13th, 12 days away. I mean, we're getting close to hockey, Anthony. Yeah, Can't wait for it. Yes, we are. Can't wait for it. 
So everybody, make sure uh, you throw your comments down. You guys are doing a great job. There's always a lot of comments in here. So uh, anyway, I'm going to actually take off the serious face. Anthony, I do have one editorial again. Unfortunately, it's what comes up every year around this time. So this prediction that's right up here. Or just yell at Larry Brooks like every other New York Ranger. <laughs> I really wish this was more joking right now. But Anthony, I, I you remember where you were 21 years ago on Sunday? Yeah, I was in school. Yeah, what grade? Uh, 10th? Uh, no, 11th? 11th, I think. Well, first off, thanks. Now I don't feel so old. That's the whole 102 <laughs> school year? Yeah, so that was the 2001-2002. I graduated. Yeah, so I was, a, I was a junior. All right. I was, uh, let's see, I just turned 23. I was waiting tables at the time and I went and I took a shower and my brother, Joe, as I was, went, as I was walking into the bathroom to go take a shower, he said a plane crashed into the world trade center. And then as I got out and I remember, I remember visiting the world trade center when I was in sixth grade and they actually told us that a 747 could literally hit the tower. It'll still be standing. Uh, and then the second one hit. We all know what happened on that day. Uh, if you've seen any specials, and it's just the reason why this is always important and we have to talk about this every single year is because we need to make sure we don't forget. We don't forget what happened. We don't forget people that lost loved ones. A friend of mine, Chris, uh, who was also a former goalie of mine, uh, he, he lost his dad in that in that day as a firefighter trying to help everybody. And it's it's a sad it's it's a sad day. And one thing that makes me very angry about it, Anthony is when I go on Twitter and I see people that want to do some sports smack talk and they got the nerve to use that imagery as, as like some, some type of like, Hey, look, we're going to take down the Yankees this week. And like, no, shut up. Don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. And it, it, it's one of those things I just want to look at the camera right now and, sc- and, and scream, keep that day out of your mouth. But it's, it's just, I, people trivializing days like that. And it, I, and, and again, I lived through it. I, I right before I, I walked out the door, uh, I, the first tower came down. And by the time I got to, I had to walk two blocks of work. By the time I got there, the second tower came down and it was such a, sh- a shocking day for all of us. We just closed the restaurant and we're a chain. We were Ruby Tuesdays we, that would, that would never happen, but it was, it's, it's just, I can't stand when people want to trivialize it. And I, and I see, I've, I've seen a lot of, that. I saw a lot of that about a week before nine 11 and it disgusted me. And if you ever see somebody like that on Twitter, just, you just burn them down. You go with your thoughts. Yeah. Um, it's just the best way I could sum it up. It was just surreal. I, I remember I was in, I was 11th grade and I was in, I think it was math class. And I remember some like a foreign exchange student, um, oddly enough from Ukraine, I believe, uh, came in and, you know, he just 
kind of an exact sense of a, you know, plane hit a building in the city. And at the time I'm like, oh, I didn't really, I didn't really think anything of it. And I'm like, oh, you know, I just figured, oh, small, one of those small personal aircrafts hit some building in the city, whatnot. But then as the day went on, started hearing people like talk about it and, you know, you get a little more informed. And by the end of the day, I remember, you know, seeing um, psychology it was like the second to last period of the day they had it on TV. That's where I saw the footage for the first time. And I was just, you know, it was like I said, it was, you know, surreal. It was in a little bit of, little bit of disbelief. I remember people getting like called to the main office. A lot, I guess a lot of parents were taking their kids out, of, you know, taking their kids out of school. And um, yeah, it was, it was a really, uh, it was a really weird day for sure. And then, you know, like I said, it's, it's never really the same. I know so much time has go by, I may feel like it, but um, you know, that, that, that really changed the world that day, um, to be honest with you. And um, one of my first, one of the first, like, I guess, feel good moments again after that was like the Mike Piazza home run um, yeah. that, you know, that was, I'm the, you know, I'm a Yankee fan, but that was like kind of chills up my spine. And, um, you know, so many people needed that. They needed something to cheer and be happy about again. And uh, yeah, that was, it was, it was a really, that was a really crazy time. And, um, you know, just think there's, I mean, just like us, our generation, you know, we didn't live through Pearl Harbor, but there's so many kids now, like if you're 20 years old, 21 years old, I mean, you have, you have no idea, you know, what went on that day other than, you know, seeing footages from it since, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, every year you, you know, I, I kind of watch, you know, whatever news outlet they have, like the reading of the names, I watch it for a little bit and it's, you know, it's sombering to see how many people lives were stolen and that day and, um, it's really, really unfortunate. Um, you know, I was, I was fortunate enough where I didn't, I actually didn't know anybody personally that, that lost their lives that day, but I know there's so many others that, you know, lost their mother or father or brother or sister or whatever. And it's terrible I feel for all of them. Um, and oddly enough, Mark, I sent you that, uh, that link the other day, which I'd never knew that Bruce Boudreaux, um, was supposed to be on one of those planes, but, yeah, uh, Andy Murray is, you know, Boudreaux's alive pretty much because Andy Murray's decision to, you know, hold him back. So, uh, but that's crazy. I, I never knew that until I saw that just the other day. Yeah, there were a couple guys. Uh, I I wish I, I hear it all the time. Every year they replay it for NHL radio network. And the Andy Murray wanted to have a dinner with his new assistant coaches and some of them flew out. I I, I, I I should look up their names right now. But Ace Bailey. Ace Bailey was one of them. Ace, thank you. It's Ace Bailey. Yeah, he, he, and, was, he unfortunately passed. He was on the plane. Yeah. And, and never mind everything that happened that day. Because uh, uh, what I always think about is whenever I think about that time is – uh, and by the way, I'm, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm getting a little bit emotional thinking about it. And even though I was lucky, I, I, I was lucky. I did, my brother Rob worked across the street and wasn't there that day. Um, I didn't. I, I didn't lose anybody there. My my cousin who was kind of trapped in the city, Joe Gentile, is telling a great story about how it was so hard to to go to the to get out of the city that day. It was frightening. You couldn't even contact anybody because the the switch the um the cell towers were being so overloaded. Um and yes, and, and you guys are right, it did change America. And there's 
uh, uh, at that time. I think about being at that Met game, the one you referred to, and I was there. It was me, my brother Joe, my friend Greg, uh, Joe's friend Greg, um, and uh, my grandfather who fought in World War II. And hearing him get emotional as he's talking about it. And I even kind of said that it's it's something um, it's something that Andy Murray then has to live with the rest of his life just because he simply wanted to have dinner with 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 his coaches. I mean, imagine the amount of guilt you might have for that. But it's it's and the other thing, reason why I get emotional about it is because if you ever saw the movie United ninety three, I mean, those people probably the greatest heroes that we've ever known because they stopped what would have been the last attack. So, which was um, probably which was probably ticketed for the the Capitol or or the White House or the White House. Yeah, that that yeah yeah, and it's. And again, it's you, you get the people that they they want to they want to make their comments. They don't understand that a lot of people just needlessly lost their lives that day. And and David brought up a good point about that as the, the further you get away from an incident, the more uh, the less it becomes impactful. Like Pearl Harbor. I also have to say that Pearl Harbor was in Hawaii. This is the first time we were attacked in the mainland United States by a foreign entity, probably since the War of 1812. And it's it's just it, it's something that it should never, ever leave everybody. And we should always be thinking about it because you never want to see that out of all the days. You never want to see that again. And it, in the coming month after that. Definitely the most proud I was to be an American because everybody came together. And yes, thank God there was no social media that day. Uh, <laughs> a lot of you guys are saying that. Um, I like some of the stories that all of you guys are throwing in here. It's just, and you even heard it the first. And one reason why we're talking about this on a hockey podcast too, everybody is the first sporting event that happened in New York after that. Do you remember what yeah. it was? The Mets, the Rangers versus the Devils, oh. unveiling Eric Lindros, their prized offseason uh, pick, and John Amarante singing uh, "America the Beautiful" and uh, almost crying as he finished it. And here's Brian Leach, who's lost, I think, what was his best man at a, at his wedding in the attack, and he's and he's back on the ice. And there's so there, there's just so much to it. And it's just, everybody needs to always make sure, you know, I, and again, I talk, I, I'm just talking about this because we can't ever forget this. That's a sin. Uh, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll get around. Let's, let's get the happier topics now and, uh, and move on. Um, and, uh, <laughs> collect ourselves, by the way, I do have to say, um, Donnell, I'm getting to some of your comments because I like a, a bunch of the questions that you've been asking in there. So let's start with Tommy's. Uh, now, this is going back to the Stutzla deal. Uh, what's NYR plan if uh, Lafayette doesn't go to the right wing? There's a log jam on, on the left wing. Don't draft the number one player overall to put on the third line. I have to agree with you on that. But also, 
they're going to find a spot for, for Lafreniere. And even at that, that log jam is only available until maybe one more year because uh, Chris Kreider is going to come up on his no trade clause. And if, if it's Lafreniere or him, I, I don't think you have to worry. Lafreniere is going to work out. What do you think, Anthony? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think he'll, I mean, I guess if, if, they don't see enough of him playing on the right side in camp. They'll probably just keep him where he's more comfortable on the, on the left side. And, you know, maybe he starts the season on the third line and then it can, you know, he can move up if the season goes, if his, you know, play warrants it. But um, I think they will try him out on the right, on the right side on the top line. But again, if, if he doesn't feel comfortable or doesn't look particularly good, they'll just leave him where he is comfortable. And that's on the left side on that third line. So um but I mean, this is this is a big this is a big year for him. Um, you know, if he wants to even get close to that Stutzla money, um, you know, he's going to have to score f- at least fifty points or so, uh, or you know, or twenty five goals or, or whatever it is. So, um, but yeah, we'll 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 have to see. Um, you know, if he has another just like a thirty five point year, then I, I don't think there's any way they give him a Tim Stutzla type contract at all. I think for the Rangers' sake, they probably wish he can get 35 um, points so that way they don't have to pay him that much. They could bridge him, and then once they're out of this, they're fine. But, uh, no, it's um, – uh, I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen. There's that big hole on that left side uh, – sorry, the right side of that power play. And you got you, – you got – Phil and I have been talking about this for almost two years now. You got to have a lefty shot over there for the one-time option. And also – you have to, I mean, Lafreniere is arguably the better passer between him and Kako, and you use that to facilitate Chris Kreider. So it's, I just, I just think it's right there. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it's right there for him. And I would love to see Kako get it uh, too. I mean, one of those two guys, put one of those two guys on there. You don't draft number one and number two overall to put them on the freaking power play too. Talk about another make or break year. I mean, if, if Kako, Still is only a 30 point forward after this year. I mean, I, I again, I don't know when you face the reality of that. He well, the other problem is the, the, these guys are drafted into the wrong teams. I've, I've talked about this a million times. Their spots were kind of already taken. Kako being a right wing was right there, and he was drafted by and he was drafted to play with the worst coach. David Quinn does not develop talent, not, not whatsoever. Uh, Hey, Anthony, do you still play? Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, what's the dumbest Patrick Kane rumor you've heard so far? Anthony, let me go to you first. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's been like a, like a, a credible rumor, but I will, I'll just, I mean, people speculating about him being traded to the Buffalo Sabres uh, this, you know, earlier this summer it's like Kane's not gonna go anywhere until he decides it's time to go um but even though he's from Buffalo he's not gonna he's not gonna request a trade from one bad team to another bad team that maybe just has a little bit of a better future um that never (laughs) that never had legs nor was it ever happening now is it possible that he would sign there in the off season if you know buffalo showed improvement and you know he wanted to end his career where he's from maybe but it was never going to happen this off season there's i i'd have to say that's probably the craziest rumor where it was oh kane's gonna go to buffalo okay what are they sending back and 
that's that's why I'm, I'm having trouble trying to find the landing spot for him because as you said and you've heard from the reports that his list right now in the around the deadline was the Rangers, the Avalanche, and the Islanders were were three teams on his list. And uh, that I, since since then I you know I heard that he would be open to Dallas and then it then it then it kind of morphed into well, you know, scratch all that the reason why he's not going anywhere right now is he wants to wait to see who's good first and then come the trade deadline you know hell if the i don't know if the you know florida panthers are are really really good then you know he'd go to florida or if you know the hurricanes were really really good look like they win a cup he'd be open to carolina so i think i think that's part of the reason why he wants to wait to the deadline because um, so he could see for sure who's good and who he has a legitimate chance to win the Stanley Cup. Because in the, the day, Mark, let's face it, we saw it la- last year with the Islanders. Everyone predicting to go to the finals. He could say, you know, he wants to go to the the Hurricanes, just as an example right now, because everyone thinks they're going to be good. But you know, bam, injury to someone happens early, and then something happens, whatever, and they're a bad team. Now he's, you know, now he was just traded to this team in the off season. And they're bad too. Meanwhile, he could have just stayed in Colorado. Wait, uh, could have stuck in Colorado. Could have stayed in Chicago and then saw who was good and then move at the deadline. So I think that's I think that's what's playing out in his head right now. Um, that he's just going to wait and see and go from there. Yeah, I I think it's going to be the waiting game. And as Homer Simpson said, the waiting game sucks. Let's play hungry, hungry hippos. Yeah. Uh, Actually, Ronald, I thought he re- I thought he was going to retire already. I can't believe that he's fishing for a PTO. Anthony? Well, remember, Mark and Ronald, last year, he didn't sign with the Islanders until like right before camp, like this this time of year. I think it was even I think it was even later, maybe like around the 18th or so, um, where he signed the contract with the Islanders. So I, I think I think he's going to do the same thing again. I mean, I could be wrong and maybe he retires, but I think he's looking to play maybe one more year. Um and the fact that, you know, Staple mentioned him as a possible PTO for the Rangers leads me to believe that he is looking to play, not retire. But, you know, we'll see if he if he can't get a good fit close to home, because remember, he wants to stay close to his family in Boston, then maybe he will retire. But I think he is looking to play another year and, and maybe one of the you know local teams here in the East. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see. <laughs> uh i i do like stevens that's at the bottom but first let me get the don elzitz right here he's got a couple good ones uh what nhl video games do you play anthony or at least used i to mean play? i used to i used to play the nhl series a long time but i, I didn't buy last year so I, I haven't played it in a while to be honest with you but i haven't played in three years and yeah. it's one of those things that i think they're there's a couple things that's a little bit frustrating about them. And that's uh, first off, they've just, I think they've neglected the main game and that they've moved everything over to just hockey ultimate team because it's the online casino for them. And it's just like, oh, come on guys, can you actually make a hockey simulation again? And that, that's there, by the way, there's a list of the best hockey video games, uh, for my list that I put up there. So go ahead, feel free to check that out. It is one of my favorite videos. I always plug it, but it's just, um, it's something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Joe's got his frustrations with Kako, just to say the least. Or can you blame but him? I, 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 for one, I, I would love to 
see them put out a new video game again. Move. They should move the license away from EA now. Can Can you blame uh, Joe? I can't blame him. I can't blame him because, unfortunately, like if you're like me, you got to like hunt for everything good about what you like about Kako's game because you don't get to see enough of it. Um, you saw it in the playoffs. You saw it when he had uh, the go-ahead goal versus Tampa, but you also saw it when he missed the wide-open net. I know. I heard all about it, Ray Ferraro. So uh, even though uh, <laughs> he was on the show, great guest, but probably probably our best guest, I think, I'd say. Steven, that's a great comment. Anthony, you know, who do you got? It's funny. I mentioned about Stu Brown, like prior years, if you look, because I follow him on Instagram, um, you know, he's a big presence on social media. Like prior years when he had a contract and he would always, you know, it would always be him in the gym with, you know, in the mix and getting back at it. And this offseason, none of his stories or anything has been gym related. It's just him and, you know, traveling the world and wherever he is, Europe and concerts and whatnot. And that's not to say that he's not working out. He can definitely do that behind the scenes. He doesn't have to advertise that. But um, to me, it was almost kind of like maybe he's not prioritizing playing again and he's just, you know, living life. So I don't know. I mean, who knows? Um, he, I don't know what his intentions are, if he plans on playing. Um, if he doesn't, as Steven's kind of in just saying, he does have a personality that's made for TV. Um, oh, he's so, going to be great for TV. Yeah. So we'll, so we'll see, but you know, if a guy still wants to play and still feels like he can maybe not get back to the level that he was, but at least be a, you know, a serviceable defender who could play on the power play and contribute then. Yeah. But yeah, again, I, I don't know. I, I haven't really seen any rumors linked to him. So I guess we'll have to see what happens in the next, you know, week or so if he lands anywhere. Uh, I guess my answer would be ESPN slash TSN because they yeah. they share or TNT the same thing. Yeah, he'd be great on TNT. I'll tell you yeah. that. But he he lets it loose. That was but... in reference. That was in reference to Chara, and I saw what uh, she's referencing. Um, but they said that it had no. It kind of had no relation to being back with the Bruins. It was just him, you know, saying hi to some of the guys. So um, we'll see. I mean, like I said, you know. Would be a good story to end his career in Boston. Me personally, I think if he retired now, that's really because he ended this. He ended his career who he started with. So I think yeah. that's that would be kind of cool for him. But I guess listen, if the guy still wants to play, then he's you know someone's going to give him the benefit of the doubt just because of his name, right? Like if the Rangers brought him in for a PTO and used him for all right, there we go, uh, for like a seventh defenseman and enough that his presence is enough to really kind of get a lot of these young guys to spring forward, then that's not a bad thing. It's just, it kind of feels out of place for Zidane Char to be a New York Ranger right now. I, I, I just, I, I don't you know. know. I, I can tell you from being an Islander fan, obviously, um, I, I do think his influence on Noah Dobson, just on being a pro and learning the game was huge. However, he's, he's, he's toast. I mean, his foot speed was, it got better as the year went on, but in the very beginning was like, Oh my God, it looks like he can't even move anymore. But um, his foot speed is very, very diminished. Uh, yeah. I mean, on the penalty kill, cause he's got a big body and a reach. He's, you know, he could still be serviceable there, but mm -hmm. I'm a Ranger fan. I, 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 I would not want him on. Yeah. On I, 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 that's, that's kind of where I am on that. Anthony, quick question for you. Cause I haven't been to all three, believe it or not. I have not been to all three. I'd like to take care of that at some point. Uh, what's your favorite of the three arenas? Um, 
You wait, you never been to the Prudential Center? Haven't been in the Prudential Center yet. Oh, wow. Um, I was there once or twice. It was nice. Um, shitty area, but um, look, I mean, obviously there's the allure of Madison Square Garden. It's, you know, the world's most famous arena. Um, mm. Gets all the attention, but, you know, UBS is the shiny new toy. I mean, I, you know, I loved it there. I thought it was really well done. Um, I thought that, like, the seats where there was really no bad seat in the house similar to the coliseum in that regard um you know it was re really really beautiful so I, I don't know it's i mean i mean i guess i'll say ubs <laughs> ubs just because i'm an elder fan and it's a brand new arena but i mean listen you can't madison square garden is is one is called the most one world's most famous arena for a reason um and you know they did update it a few years ago but speaking of which isn't that there the whole isn't it the whole plan in a couple of years for them to totally redo Penn Station in the garden? What would that mean for the Rangers and where would they play? I I have no idea, but the reason and, and a lot of a lot of fans freak out about that. And by the way, I really hope the Rangers shoe, shoe on the other foot. Shoes shoe on the other on foot. The now other now foot. it's now <laughs> the one thing I caution every Ranger fan and just say it like this. Everybody relax. Why is it called Madison Square Garden? Because it used to be on Madison Avenue. So it's it's already moved around a couple times. Don't worry about it if they have to move it again. It's still going to be in New York. Yeah, but that I would, still that think would it's take a long place. time just moving. So where would they play in the meantime? Uh, well, there's always UBS Arena. I heard there's <laughs> <laughs> not a shot in hell. Um, they, no, they can go I, across I the river. See, and, that's that and, question. And, and I also think, by the way, I think, in all honesty, it's a waste of city money and everything else to try to move that arena. They mm -hmm. should just they should leave it where it is. That's that's just what they should do. Yeah. It's the perfect thing. Anybody coming from Long Island or even Metro North or uh, subways everywhere, the path. All you have to do is get off your train and walk up a couple flights of stairs, and you're at a hockey game or a basketball game or a concert or an event. Man. Why are we talking about moving it? Why? Because Maybe uh, maybe Gary Bettman would put them in the refurbished Coliseum in the meantime. <laughs> or no, or, or better yet, he'll take he'll take a page out of the the Coyotes uh, college arena. He'll have he'll have them play um, where the Whalers used to play, where the, where the Wolfpack play now. Or send them to Kaniac Park, uh, <laughs> or or um, Long Beach, where they used to have their practice arena so many years ago. Wow, everybody's just hating on Kako today. <laughs> By the oh, way, I never even brought up the poll today. Uh, mm -hmm. Which rookie is going to have the biggest impact in New York uh, in 2013? Everybody's saying Brendan Ottman, but I, I don't think Brendan Ottman is going to be playing. So, yeah, I think there that's... you go. Uh, uh, and that's just one of those things I think about that. Uh, by the way, um, where is where is Stephen's comment on that one? Uh, Stephen was saying he really liked UBS. UBS is very spacious. And you know what, Anthony? One thing about it is it feels like it's an Islanders arena. That's one thing that's very important. Because after all, in 2009, Met fans, did City Field feel like ours as you walked into the Jackie Robinson Rotunda? So it was the, the Wilpons just never wanted to cherish the Mets. By the way, I still love Jackie Robinson. I'm just saying it yeah. seemed a little bit too heavy on the Brooklyn Dodgers. So, that's a good. That's a good one from Steven. I forgot about that. The Barclays Center, in uh, yeah, in Brooklyn. Oh boy. Oh, then we can have uh, 
a series clinching goal that <laughs> that half the, the the stadium couldn't see. Islanders finally win a playoff series first time in 23 years, and there were fans going, "What the hell just happened?" So, and by the way, who was coaching the, uh, against them that day? Gerard Gallant. So, um, maybe a college arena, but. Uh, Dominic is saying, guys, I'm coming from, I'm coming to NYC from the 5th to the 12th and hope to see the season opener versus Tampa. I just saw the Islanders play a preseason game at UBS arena. How would I get to uh, that arena from Manhattan? Um, I believe the Long Island Railroad will take you right there. There's uh, especially the westbound side is, or sorry, the eastbound train. It actually comes closer to the state. That's right. Right, Anthony? The, the yes. one coming from Jamaica is closer. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, because I'm because that's that's a great thing about UBS Arena. Look, the parking is disastrous and the no tailgating policy still makes me is that are they still yeah, cold into that, Anthony? I don't know. I mean the the only two things I really like the negative things I have to say about UBS Arena is I don't like the parking. Um and the yeah, the lack of the of the tailgating. I mean, that was the Coliseum had a great atmosphere at the tailgates and we're, we're second to none out there. And, but I mean, it is, if that's a trade off to have a beautiful brand new arena, never have to worry about it again, then so be it. But that's really one of the only negatives I can, I can speak to about UBS. Yeah. I mean, I can even tell you the ice was pretty good because we, I played a game on it afterwards. I was supposed to have yeah, a video for that, game. but I never got it. Pub I never got it edited and published. So uh, it's a little bit too late for me to do it now, uh, but it's, I mean, I could do it and just put it on like a bloopers reel or something like that. But it was, I, I was very impressed with what I saw with UBS and I still never got to check out the speakeasy. So I have to get to that eventually when I'm, when I'm down there. So Mark, um, right. what, uh, what are your thoughts on <clears throat> Jason Robertson still being unsigned? I know he was in bar talk, Last week, and I, I said shot of, of, you know, of missing any games, which I still believe. But what are your thoughts on Jason Robertson not being signed yet by Dallas? I think he's holding out for the best deal. Um, and I think, oh, by the way, 2K says Uber is the best way to get there. Uh, nice job, everybody, by jumping in on that to say what the best way is going, going there. My friend Scott's threatening me because I, I said too many complimentary things about the Islanders. Um Jason Robinson, I, I think they're looking – his camp is probably looking to get, like, more of an $8 million deal. Uh, the I Dallas so. Stars, I, you know, I just – you might have you might have to convince this kid to take a bridge, but he's got 41 goals, Anthony. I, I think mean, he's yeah, scoring. He, he just saw the deals. He just, you know, the he just saw the deals that Stutzla signed, um, Cairo, Thomas. I don't think he's taken, you know, peanuts here. Pennies on the dollar. I think he's. I think he deserves to get around eight million per year. Um, and you know, Dallas. Dallas needs to be careful. I mean, he's their future. I mean, I think he's already their best player. Um, you know, him and him and Rope Hints are really the future for the Stars right now. Mm -hmm. Sagan and Ben are not the same players they were. Um, and obviously, Jake Ettinger is a huge part of their future too. But um, it would. I mean, I think. I think a eight-year deal at Eight million is is fair. I mean, that would 
or if you want to call it the same as Thomas and Kyra eight point one, or you know, would you even would you even go to eight and a half for Jason Robertson? Well, um, I would I pay him that much? Yes, he's yeah, worth eight and a half. But yeah. Anthony, by the way, I installed this one clip just to keep it, um, just to keep, just to to make my point because I just have to say this to you. To be fair. 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 I would probably say he's got to make a little bit less out of that because they only have 6.3 left in projected cap space. So for this season especially, it's going to be tough. And I'm looking at their contracts right now. I mean, they got they got uh, Javi Bullen on – uh, I didn't get to see what the comment was on that, but <laughs> it was Capo Caco for Robertson laughing face. <laughs> oh, I wish that would be great, but the Rangers so can't you... pay him either. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, uh... it's it's fantasy land. But what would you what would you offer? And realistic, not not Capo Caco. What would you offer for the Rangers for for Jason Robertson? Like a serious offer. When people were saying fantasy land for Patrick Kane and they said Lafreniere and Kratzoff or Lafre or Kako and Kratzoff or Kako and Lafreniere, that was fantasy land. Jason Robinson might elicit both of those guys because what would I offer? Uh, I would say uh, a young, ready to play NHL player with an established track record. So that's either a Kako or a Lafreniere. Uh, a prospect that's getting close to being able to play, that would probably be maybe Brett Berard. Um, a defenseman has to go in there too, besides Levor Hayek. So, because they don't want Levor Hayek. No one wants, wants Levor Hayek. Uh, so I'd probably have to say that's where Matthew Robertson comes in. Or Nils Lundqvist, because after all, he did request a trade. And you're probably going to have to throw in at least two first-round picks. Because unlike Jack Eichel, Robertson is coming with a clean bill of health. Yeah, I, I think I think Dallas wouldn't accept anything less than Lafreniere, um, Nils Lundqvist's a first-round pick, and then maybe another maybe another piece um, somewhere somewhere in there. Uh but it would it would be it it would be costly. Yeah, you're. I mean, you you wouldn't you wouldn't get them for you know spare parts or or Filipino and you know Zach Jones. Uh, it would definitely have to be Lafreniere, I would think, to start to yeah, start uh, the conversation. But again, I don't foresee them moving at all. No, and again, it's fantasy. Either, he's not, he's not, no, no, you don't either. I know we're saying fantasy land. What would the Islanders package be? So again, realistic. Um, I mean, I would, I would say that. Well, first off, just like the they were non-starters, like you know, guys like Adam Fox and whatnot would be non. For the Islanders, like Noah Dobson would be a non-starter. Um, you know, Matthew Barzell would probably would probably be a non-starter. But I mean, it would. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's 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 a really that's a really good question. I mean, you're 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 probably talking. You know, Ratu, um, a first for sure. Oliver Wallstrom, you know, maybe even another piece like uh, uh, maybe maybe Ryan Pollock. 
I mean, I don't, I don't know. Again, the, the, it would just see when you, when you're talking about this type of player being moved, um, it almost, it almost becomes, you know, you know, unrealistic in some ways, but then again, you know, we saw guys like Jonathan Huberto and Matthew Kachuk get traded for each other, oddly enough. So, I mean, you never know, but, um, yeah, he's not he's not being moved. This is honestly more. I mean, this this isn't happening either, Mark. Mm-hmm. But this is maybe a little bit more realistic because obviously it's not something that Dallas could really could control. Um, the only problem is how many teams have the cap space to offer something realistically enough to the point where Dallas actually wouldn't match it. Yeah, and also you have to worry about that because in that case you have to worry about retaliation. That's what's you, so great about what the uh, the KK offer sheet last year was. You would you would have to you would have to because even if you offered him an eight million dollar offer sheet, that's probably what he's going to get anyway. So Dallas would just match that. So you're talking you would probably have to offer nine and a half ten million to get Dallas to consider not matching it. And you know what the compensation is at that point, Mark, for that much? Uh, I think it's only like a first round pick and a second round pick. No. Nine and a half? No, four. That's that's four. Oh, wait, nine and a half? That's the four. Yeah. Four. I thought you said nine. Yeah. No, even I think even nine is four first round picks. All right, because I know Aho came in, I think at eight five. Or what the hell was that sound? Uh eight eight point it's like seven five or something like that. I have to look it up. And that's why Carolina kind of laughed at it. I mean the, the GM, I forgot if it was Waddell back then, who said, I thought I was going to have to spend all summer renegotiating this deal. I'll, I just have to wait a week, and then I can just okay it. So um, I, I, do have, I do have a good trade proposal, by the way. It's, uh, it, it did have it over here. Let me get it from uh, my buddy Scott. Uh, Hugh Jessamine and Dylan McElrath for, for, <laughs> for Jason yeah. Robertson. And you got to think those guys, uh, Dylan McElrath, who right now I think he's playing in the Penguins farm system, or uh, I he, he took only, an honorary baseball, but he's a captain other, of a minor league team. But the only other oh, notable uh, RFA right now, yeah, he's definitely the most notable RFA, and that's why when we were talking about it last week, he might miss games. He might miss games. I don't think if, if I'm Dallas, I'd sure as hell. Nope, nope, you won't. He, he had 41 goals last year. I actually think he's going to break the 50 plateau. He would be one of my guys. I, I'll get, I'll going to ask you more on that in one second. First off, R- Rich, Rasmus. I, I did see Schwarzy. That show was actually really good and has and had no business being as good as what it was, but it was. Rasmus yeah, Sandin yeah. is the other notable RFA really left. Yeah, and one of those things that – you get some Leafs fans saying, oh, maybe we don't need Rasmus Sandin. Yeah, you're gonna. Because I don't like their defense. Donnell, coming back at you again. Uh, I I do think they're both equally good. I like City Field better. There's more to do at City Field. Because, let's face it, you're going to need some things to do when uh, the Mets aren't playing too well. Thank you, Steve Cohen, for taking over this team. And... Uh, <laughs> But uh, the Yankee, the new Yankee Stadium is almost like a theme park. But you, if you're ever at that center field bar, that is just uh, that is a hell of a sight. And I know everybody wants to go see that. So I think both stadiums are pretty good. I like the Mets for more of a baseball stadium, and the Yankees is more of like uh, it's almost like a Yankee Stadium theme park. 
by the way, Anthony, my, my friend Scott is coming in to talk about, he's got this amazing picture of me standing with Glenn Anderson. And it was like at the last second, it was like one of those things where it's like, Hey, Mark, get in the picture. And I'm like three levels lower. You know, my most hated New York Ranger of all time is Glenn Anderson. So it's, uh, yeah, it was fun. It was great. <laughs> it was awesome meeting him. Um, would it be cheaper to offer sheet him? Yeah, it would be cheaper to offer sheet him, but I don't think, again, uh, I, I don't like, I don't like offer sheeting because the offer sheet is going to come back and bite you in the ass sooner or later. Uh, here we go. Mark. Yep. Do you, um, do you have a fantasy football team? Uh, yes, I do. How'd you do week one? Uh, my week one. Well, let me tell you this. I followed my draft strategy to a T. I drafted as much skilled position players as I possibly could. And then I got, uh, I got my quarterback in the eighth round. Guess who it was? Dak Prescott. Oh, that sucks. Oh God. Yeah. Actually, one week one uh, in in the, my big money league with the the uh, bartenders around town, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, the the other ones hurting a lot. And uh, I, I had in my other team, I had uh, uh, Joe Burrow as my as my quarterback. Well, he had a rough. Thank he God had he had four interceptions. I won my week up week one matchup thanks to Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. They led the way for me. <laughs> As core, by the way, is saying Yankee Stadium feels a lot like an airport. It does feel like a lot up uh, by the theme park. And no, Scott, I never liked Glenn Anderson. You know that. Um, but uh, I, it's one of those things also where now I'm like scouring through trying to find like a new quarterback, which reminds me, yeah, I should who, probably look it up. Who's, like it, but who's that's, the, that's great to do for hockey podcasts. Who, who is the best? Who is the best quarterback available in your league? For Carson Wentz, I believe, was the one that I put a waiver claim in because if he's uh, if if he's going to be throwing to McLaurin the entire time, and McLaurin looks like he's going to be a stud. Yeah, I got Carson Wentz. I also had Justin Fields as my backup too. So, uh, right. but he's going to be playing Green Bay. Green Bay's got a better defense. Wentz is versus Detroit. So yeah, I, I have um, obviously I have Josh Allen, but I I took Jared Goff as my backup. Hope I never have to use him other than a buy. But um, yeah, I'm I'm set at the quarterback position. Mark. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> with the with the way I talk about Ryan Strom, oh my God, I. I still haven't deleted the picture of Ryan Strom missing that empty net in game five. It's still, well, yeah. He's, he's in Anaheim now. And, uh, thank God. Wish him all the luck, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wish him all the luck out there. And may we never see each other in the Stanley cup finals. Also because Ryan Strom will definitely miss an open net. So, uh, so again, I actually, let me just give you the highlights of, because I also got C.D. Lamb on that team, too. Um, oh, no, I didn't. C.D. Lamb was in my other league. I got mm. um, Edward Solaire, who had a huge game and probably is going to have a, a huge season. Austin Eckler and uh, 
that bench anybody good? Oh, and I got DeAndre Hopkins when uh, week seven rolls around. So okay. that should be good. Yeah. Or week eight. I mean, it's, it's, there, there's potential, but it's like, you know, there's two guys that have to, that you always see in fantasy. There's the guy that drafts really well. And then there's the guy that works the waiver wire really well. Yeah. I tend to be the latter more than the former. Um, I have Elijah Mitchell. I had him and he got hurt. Um, he's going to miss eight weeks. So now, now I'm left with uh, James Connor and Miles Sander and Antonio Gibson as my, as my running back. So, um, you know, not, not terrible, but I'm going to have to uh, pick up another running back. My, my strength is really my quarterback and my receivers and my tight end. I have George Kittle. So, yeah. Who'd have thought, who'd have thought that uh, Joe Flacco wouldn't be drafted. I mean, Jet fans, if you were watching that game the other day, you were hoping for anybody. You would have taken the corpse of of um, of Sammy Baugh. Thank you. I, I was trying to think of a really old quarterback. I didn't want to say Joe Namath accidentally. So you would take the corpse of Joe Namath. No, uh, you know what? You would have taken eighty year old Joe Namath on on that day. He probably would have been a better <laughs> quarterback than Joe Flacco, <laughs> Justin Burrow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Would Justin Burrow would have been better than uh, Joe Flacco? Joe Flacco. I mean, I, I made the joke. Is there anybody still living off of one Super Bowl more than Joe Flacco? By the way, the answer is yes. And he also <laughs> played in that game. That's that's all I'm going to leave that as. But it's you know, what NFL coach gets fired first? Well, let's see, it's got to be someone who is expected to be good and is underachieving. So, I mean, I guess. Um, maybe oh, so that's actually a good question. <coughs> yeah. Cora, I forgot who I called Anthony last week. Uh, when, when we went to, when you, when you dropped off, I said Anthony, somebody, and then I went, no, wait, that's not the right name. And somebody corrected me. I'm like, oh, could you, damn it. Could you imagine, could you imagine Bill, Be Bill Belichick getting the can? I don't <laughs> I absolutely do not think that's right. Yeah. Anthony Lynn. Thank you. Um, the, that's definitely not happening. And I know a lot of people are going to say Mike McCarthy. That's definitely not yeah. happening. Um, because by the way, their owners won't do that. Uh, yeah. uh, Jerry Mike Jones doesn't fire people mid season and, uh, neither does, um, neither does Robert Kraft and Robert Kraft Mike wouldn't do that to Bill Belichick. Mike Tomlin's uh, probably safe in Pittsburgh. So, yeah, I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of a coach that's on the hot seat. Because Chicago's got a new coach, Giants got a new coach. Robert Sala should be fine for the Jets. Uh, yeah, he's I don't see him going anywhere. And the Dolphins. You know what? Have... I think um, I think Cora might have this one. Matt Rule. Yeah. Yeah, in Carolina. Yeah, because nothing's working out there. Russell, uh, Russell Wilson ending his post game with uh, almost accidentally saying "Go Hawks!" Wow, I the things you miss when you're bartending. Uh, mm -hmm. I was working that night, so I didn't actually uh, hear that. Um, by the way, Anthony, are, are we in? We're gonna t ruin a little bit of the uh, the preseason special coming up next month. But first, NHL coach getting fired this year? Gerard Gallant. No. <laughs> oh dear God! Uh, no. 
<laughs> um, let's see. First NHL coach to get the can. Um, hmm. What about what about if the Oilers start slow? Jay Woodcroft. See, I think I think they really like him. And I think the, the trip to the conference finals might get him well, there. If they started slow, I'm saying, but yeah. I'll tell you mine. I've been I've been beating this drum for a while. It's Lindy Ruff. Lindy Ruff, they start yeah, out slow. He he might be gone by Thanksgiving. Like <laughs> that's how I mean uh ooh, David coming in <laughs> over the top. Cooper. Ooh. I mean I that, I mean, wow! If that, that happens, be... yeah, I mean, that would what about, be like. What about this? What about Sheldon Keefe? Sheldon Keefe, I could see happening. If let's say I mean, if Toronto, if Toronto stumbled out of the gate, that could that could definitely be one. Mark, let me. T- how many? How many years now? Well, I guess we've been so two. This is probably two off scenes now. Have we been saying after a Maple Leafs failure? that Dubas has to change something. And every time he does not change his core now. So in that same vein, if the Maple Leafs lose again in the first round, could he conceivably again, keep that core intact? I can't believe that that core is intact right now. And I look, I, I guess this is where, I guess this is where it's great that we came back, circled back to hockey on this because Anthony, I got to tell you, there's. I was listening to Dave A. McCarthy yesterday, and one of the questions was, do you feel Toronto took a step last year towards being a, a playoff contender? And he said, yeah, I do. Okay. You could feel like that. You're still wrong. They didn't. You know how I know that they didn't take a step forward? Because they, they didn't win. And I, I hate the excuse they use. Oh, well, it's because they ran into the the, the lightning in the first round and – they were a really good team and they did well. No, no, I, I don't care who they played in the first round. That it was an unfortunate matchup. They once again blew a series lead, mind you. They blew a series lead and failed to make it to the second round again. So how so how in the world was Dubas able to realistically say, Oh, well, you know, let's let's run it back again with the same core? When is he? When is he going to realize that the core of Tavares, Nylander, Marner, Matthews, Riley, all those guys making a shit ton of money have to be broken up? And again, I know they're not going to move Austin Matthews. I know they're not going to move Mitch Marner. But why? And would by the way, not- Austin Matthews is about to be a free agent yeah. uh, after yes. in two years. But why would you not finally trade William Nylander, whose name has been up in rumors ever since that year where he held out for a defenseman? Mm-hmm. Or, or why not? Why not attempt to? Uh, you know, approach Tavares about waiving his no his no movement clause and moving him. Like I don't I don't understand how he could keep coming back with the same the, the same nucleus when they once again fail to get it done every single postseason. I'm getting it's, I'm getting heated. I don't even like them. I don't even like the Maple Leafs. But it just it I don't I don't understand how you can have that many years with such an explosive team and fail to move past the first round and you keep it the same. I, I don't. I I I don't I, I don't get it. Again, I don't get. It. I'm not I, I'm not expecting them to move Mitch Marner or Austin Matthews. But how do you not do something? I, I, well, 
I don't. I, I, I do don't have to think for starters, by the way. I forget if they're zero and seven or zero and nine in closeout games. Yeah, I, over the last then, how many years? And then Brendan Shanahan too. What does he do? Like he, it's acceptable to him. Okay, well, not only do I keep Kyle Dubas, but I agree with not doing anything. I mean, I don't. I don't. Without switching anything up, I don't understand. I, I mean, I, you look at what happened with the Rangers, where they switched up. They went to Drury. And you could say all you want about all, everything that Gorton did, but the, the true fact is that Drew, he kind of put the finishing touches on his own stamp on this team. And that's why they got a little bit further. Now, when you could also say that, well, it was, um, it was Jacob Truba's elbow that basically kept them from uh, losing to Pittsburgh. Sure. Whatever. By the way, speaking about another team that hasn't gotten past the first round in years, the Pittsburgh Penguins, who they everybody wants to go, oh, the Rangers, they shouldn't have won that series. Pittsburgh should have won that series. They should have. They had a 2-0 lead in two straight closeout games and yeah. a lead going into the third period in game seven, and they choked it because that's just – there are teams that – and now that one's more perplexing because that is a team with playoff experience. The Maple Leafs, they, everybody wants to try to say the Maple Leafs are going to be and, – and, again, I'm spoiling future shows for us, Anthony. But, yeah. Now, and this question, Dave is day, you ain't getting rid of JT. Do you think his contract's movable? No. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up the contract right now. And also I want to see what Steven said right here of – uh, the last playoff series win for the Maple Leafs was so long ago that they drafted players that weren't even alive for it. That is correct. And also, I got to, and we're going to go right back to what David said right there getting rid of, um, ooh, David. And by the way, speaking about which, Dave is also kind of right about that one. But let me get the John Tavares because I believe he's got a no move clause and it's a yes. full no move clause. They're still, by the way, they're over the cap. Mm-hmm. And they have to sign so, a million and a half. So, uh, f- full no move clause for John Tavares, eleven million dollars, three more years. He's he's their their captain. I mean, Anthony. First off, by the way, I I know when people will often look to any guy in their life and go, "Well, that ex girlfriend of yours, he dodged a bullet there." Do you feel like you dodged a bullet with John Tavares? Do you think that you would have won a cup with him? I mean, some sometimes I wonder what how what Tavares would have been like under you know under Barry Trotz, um, and maybe things would have been differently, would have gone different. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, I mean, look look what happened when Tavares left. The Islanders had all the success, so mm-hmm. um, it could have been addition by subtraction. Um, you know, it, it changed obviously the whole look of their team. Don't get me wrong; he, he's still a good player, but. He's definitely not living up to his contract. And as he's getting older, um, he was never really a great skater to begin with. But as he's getting older, he's losing, you know, speed. Um, and at this point, yeah, even if he agreed to waive his, his no movement clause, it would be a tough contract to move. I mean, Toronto would have to take back another contract that's not great either. So, yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Now, I mean, and uh, Clash, we're going to come back to that one in a second. Let me just highlight that. Um, I, I, When it comes to Devaris, 
And David, I'm going to highlight this one for you too in a second. When it comes to Deveras, though, he he went back. He still has a lot of talent. The guy's still a great player. He's not necessarily Patrick Marlowe, as it may believe. Let's let's get that straight. Is he being is he earning his eleven million dollars? No, but that's why you overpaid to get him to get him away from the Islanders. I think if the Islanders gave him uh, ten million and Toronto gave him nine, he was staying with the Islanders. I just think that's how it happened. That that would have been the case. Um, but I mean, Anthony, I look at this roster and I'm like, what are they missing? Slash, I, I, I they're almost like a David Quinn coached ranger team they're top heavy on offense they're offensive heavy they're trying to make a, a defensive unit they signed cali yarn who uh is yeah. a good player at yeah. the age of 30 though but i mean and then they got nick he, and they got all belt uh kubel goes all bail uh yep. and, then they, and then they just signed aston reese to a pto so those, those are good pesky you know bottom six players that that would help them but overall I still don't really like their defense. Um, yeah. I, they're just – their core, their core group has failed to get it done year after year. Will it be any different this year? I don't know. Um, but I'll tell, you, I'll tell you one thing. If you're okay, a major, if you're, are, you feeling, are you feeling comfortable with Matt Murray and Elias Samsonov in goal? Because I could tell you I'm certainly not. Anthony, do you know when you, you play your men's league and you get a fill-in goalie? Yes. And you just kind of you're warming up and you just wrist a shot. It's not even a good one. You just throw in one to hit him in the pad and you're trying to do it on purpose. And then it goes in and you kind of look over at your your teammate and just say, "Uh oh, that's what the Leafs are right now, because their goaltending is going to be bad. I don't give a crap what analytics said about Matt Murray. I don't not been the goalie that's won a Stanley Cup in a long time. This is interesting, and and you know if this is accurate, I'm not saying I doubt him. Then that that that's very interesting. Um, I mean, we've seen we've seen American players, Mark, that leave Canada the first chance they get. Gaudreau packed his bags and left. Um, Matthew Kachuk got the hell out of Calgary too. I mean, so yeah, maybe Austin Matthews is another American kid. Maybe when he gets his shot, he wants to come back to the states. Um, it's it's certainly possible, uh, but man, oh man, if if the Maple Leafs let Matthews go, I mean that that. I will tell you this. Blow. I will tell you this right now. And by the way, um, <clears throat> I still got this comment I want to get from uh, um, David to because I think this is I got to address that. But it's there is a no win situation for the Leafs unless they re-sign him, because if you have to say the words. We traded Austin Matthews. That's one of the most bombshell trades that's going to happen in the league in a long time. And we just had a really good one because I don't see another Huberto for Kachuk trade coming. But now this, they still have time though. I mean, this isn't like Nathan McKinnon who could be an unrestricted free agent. This, this guy, he he still has Mm -hmm. two years. Yeah. And by the way, forget about that with Colorado. Colorado's got a lot of work they got to do. I was just going to ask. I mean, it, the, the extension didn't happen. Everyone thought it would happen before the season starts. If you're if you're an Avalanche fan, is there any reason to worry yet that Nathan McKinnon is not signed? All right. Here's the thing. There's oh, 
uh, Anthony, hold on. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to go on without me. I gotta let my dog out to go poop. All right. I was one second. <laughs> oh, this is great, guys. This is riveting. All right. Hold on. Let me get back here because both of us can't leave at the same time. All right. Uh, there, Anthony. Hold on. <laughs> no, I just asked Mark the question. If you're an Avalanche fan, is it time to panic yet that Nathan McKinnon isn't re-signed? Um, I would say no, but for someone who's a fan of a team, the Islanders had experience with Tavares. Usually when a player doesn't sign an extension, you know, the year before he's eligible to become an unrestricted free agent, in most cases, um, it doesn't it doesn't always end up to go your team's way. I mean, obviously Tavares didn't sign a contract extension left when he became eligible. Johnny Gaudreau did not sign a contract extension in Calgary last year, became a free agent and left. So I mean, Mark, can you think of a, can you think of a player, an elite player, not a middling player? Can you think of an elite player who did not sign a extension with his team, but then ended up re-signing before he became a free agent. Because, again, typically in situations like this, when a player does not re-sign, chances are he does make it to unrestricted free, agent, unre unrestricted free agency and leaves. I'd probably have to say... Uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of... Like, I mean, Brad Richards is coming to mind. Yeah, Steven Bingo. Stamkos, there you go. Yeah. He, as a matter of fact, Steven Stamkos and the P.K. Subban trade to Nashville happened within half an hour of each other. So that's yeah. speaking about those, but thank you. Thank you, Stephen, on that one. Yeah. yeah one thing I'll add on that though, Stamkos did go to the talking period though. He came dangerously close and then yes. ultimately resigned in Tampa Bay. Very back. Got to go get him now. And I guess, <laughs> I mean, I guess you can count Philip Forsberg cause you know, he resigned with Nashville this summer. Um, but typically in these situations, the player ultimately leaves. Again, I don't think it's time for any Av fan to panic, um, but you would have liked to have seen McKinnon's contract extension done. Um, you know, and this is a guy that might break the salary structure here because he already took a discount when he signed his last contract. Um, you know, there was a report maybe a month ago or so that you know he wanted to become the highest paid player in the league, and I don't know how accurate it was, but I mean, just like everything else in life, as time goes on, stuff costs more. Like just because mm -hmm. McDavid signed his contract, whatever, how long ago was it now? Two two years ago? Three two years ago? Uh, about three years ago, yeah, I think so. And it was twelve point five. That's not McKinnon's fault. I mean, he's up now. Like, is McKinnon going to take less than that just because he's Connor McDavid? No, I think he's going to exceed twelve point five million. He's going to become the highest paid player in the league. Stanley Cup winning uh, player who's the star of his team, who's been an icon now there for years, um, potential to win more cups with him. And I just, I, I, I see Sackick paying him. I, I don't even think it's going to be much of a negotiation and, for in, I mean, in reality. David, I, I agree. I, I don't think it's any time for them to panic. However, I mean, typically the perfect world, you know, they talked about it you know, he would have signed an extension. I mean, he's he's their franchise player. They just won a cup. Seems like a marriage that seems like it's destined to continue. Why not, you know, why not get it done? I mean, and again, 
even even if his intentions stay in Colorado, the longer it goes, let's say it comes to midseason, eventually it comes to a point where the player gets this, the frame of mind of, okay, well, now I'm, you know, what, five months away from reaching mm-hmm. unrestricted free agency. At this point, why not wait to see what's out there, you know? So that's why it's good to get it done early. It's good to get it done early before any sort of doubt Exactly. And I think Colorado was clearing space for him. I know that there was rumors of them at one point trying to clear space to get Kadri back. And I think Kadri was kind of looking to see whether or not they could do it. They gave up on Nazem Kadri because they they couldn't afford to lose Nate McKinnon. Nate McKinnon is, uh, when you look at that cap, he's a $6 million added on top of it. He's, he's getting paid $12 million, I think. He's getting paid $12 million. And, and you know what? He deserves it. He really does. You took the pay cut for, for so long that just pay him. Now, when it comes to Austin Matthews, though, uh, as opposed to say a lot of. Wait, did you, you say 12 other, million? You think he's, you think he's taking 12? No, he's getting more than he's that. He's getting at least 11. No, more. He's, he's going to get paid more than McDavid. Okay. Then I'd be fine with I'm that. I, 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 yeah. I don't see any way he takes less than 12 and a half million. I, and again, I I'd be fine with that. Yeah. I mean, that might be your hometown discount. Like, I'll take twelve million instead of twelve and a half. That's about it. Um, but when it comes to McDavid, uh, sorry, McDavid and Matthews, I- I'm confused on where he's going to go exactly. I know a lot of places would love to have him. I know that there's always that thing about uh, player X wants to go play in Y. Like Matthew Kachuk wanted to go play in St. Louis or something like that. But St. Louis ain't going to have the money, for instance. And I don't see him going back to Arizona next year because the Coyotes aren't going to be ready to win. That's for damn sure. Could you, you're talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're talking about one of the most uh, prestigious organizations in the NHL. Well, and they're not getting anywhere. See, that's a thing. You're, there's the – it's like – it. Imagine the Rangers don't make that. Imagine the Rangers don't even make the playoffs last year. That's sort of where they they would be with the Maple Leafs on that. The Maple Leafs haven't shown that they're going to win. And when it comes to them losing in the first round, they turn around and and evict Jack Campbell, who was actually really good for them in games five, six, and seven. He was horrible in game four, by the way. That's a different story. I'm not sure if he would have been the answer anyway, but – I, I don't see where the next step of the Maple Leafs evolution is for one thing. So, so go. I also don't see where Matthews is going to be. Like I'm confused. I'll, I really am confused. I'm trying to be analytical with this as much as I, I can. I, I tend, I tend to think Matthews ultimately will stay in Toronto. Um, and I ultimately think McKinnon is going to stay in Colorado, but I'm just going to paint you this nightmare situation for you, Mark. Just, just to make you not feel good, but, um, and this is purely hypothetical. I don't even know what's possible cap wise, but say it lingers with Colorado. Nathan McKinnon gets to a point where he wants to see what's out there. Comes unrestricted free agent. You know who he looks up to? You know who he looks up to as one of his closest friends? Who? Sidney Crosby. Can you oh, imagine? God. Could you could you imagine Nate McKinnon wants to play with his pal Crosby before he calls it a career? Well, I'm very, <laughs> very, very fortunate that Ron Hextall took care of that for me. Oh my goodness. Yeah, there's there'd definitely be no chance for that. Speaking about 
a GM <laughs> that's that's not exactly answering questions uh, to the to his team's problems. But uh, and I, I still got this comment would, I want to get through with Dave. That would be, but it's I that, again that would well that would be unreal. But I I also think that would be unreal. So that's well, another part of that. Yeah, because I don't think the Penguins would be able to would be able to make that to make that work they, but, the, but hypothetically if 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 in huge if he decided to leave colorado again he is really close friends with crosby looks up to him i'm sure that would be a team he would he would have interest in fortunately for us as ranger and islander fans penguins would have to move heaven and earth to to make that happen and um i don't see it but while we're talking about players and you know leaving and switching you know who is mark an set to be an unrestricted free agent that I actually will on the opposite side of the spectrum and say, I think it's almost a guarantee he's gone. Do you know who that player is? No. Nah. Oh, he, uh, he, uh, his name sounds a lot like pasta. Oh, really? All right. Yeah. He, he's, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent this summer. And, um, there's already been rumor that I, I don't, I think, I think he's, I think he's leaving Boston. Um, I do. I mean, there were already reports earlier this offseason, if you remember, about Pasternak being traded. I mean, it was all it was all BS. It, it wouldn't happen this early. However, I do think he's not going to sign an extension there. I think he, the latest was he wants to wait and see what happens. And usually when you hear that, wait and see what happens, that's not good. And you consider that his his good friend Bergeron's probably only going to play for one more year. Krejci's mm-hmm. likely his last hurrah. Um, you know, Marshan, you know, he's still there, but I would say Pasternak is good as gone in in Boston. And that's that's gonna be an interesting storyline to watch because if they do slip and they're not a playoff team, you gotta assume Boston has to trade him. At, at uh yeah, wow. You and and you know what? That's that's a good point. And just uh, by the way, one last word on Nate McKinnon. I can already do the negotiation for Joe Sackick. Eric Johnson comes off the books. That's $6 million. They have $1.3 million left. He's making 6.3 right now. Simple math says there's your 12, 12.6. He makes more than McDavid. There you go. Eight years. It's over. Yeah. Uh, going but, to what I, you're saying, though, oof, with Pasta decides to leave. That's going to really leave the Bruins not with much. I mean, you look at him right now, he's making 6.666. Marchand for two more years. Well, Taylor Hall is is having a renaissance, isn't he? Taylor Hall is the greatest player I've ever seen. I I think possibly good is gone. I mean, this this is a guy. I I agree with you. Well, you got Taylor Hall. Okay. You're you're talking Taylor Hall. You're talking about Artemi Panarin money. He's going he's gonna to get a huge raise. He's going to probably get up to $10.5, 11000000 dollars, definitely. Um, and he he's going to be the most sought after unrestricted free agent this this summer. Um, he's he's one of the best goal scorers in the league, and there's going to be no shortage of teams that line up for his services. He's See, I, that's again. The I, I would be between I think him and Matthews, where you where you're talking. We were talking about that. I don't, or when you talk about the big time centers, I don't know where they're going to be, but I mean, Pasternak, everybody's going to want to go get him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's gone. I think he's gone. And he's only 27th. 
next year, uh, that is. Yep. And he'll be 27. May 25th. So Larkin, yep. Larkin is also set to be an unrestricted free agent, but I would he, imagine Detroit's going to do – I mean, they're, they're a team on the rise. I, I would imagine Detroit's going to do anything. And he's from that inside. area. That's where you start playing in the, those numbers. If you could give him a decent contract, they're a team on the rise, and he's from that area. That's where all that comes in. Anthony, uh, this this comment I've been wanting to get back to for a while. That is John Tavares, the Toronto version of Shattenkirk. Both guys signed with their childhood teams and it didn't pan out for Shatty in New York. It's not really panning out for JT in Toronto. The difference is for that, David, I have to, and I have to address this. Every Ranger fan should be thankful to Kevin Shattenkirk because Kevin Shattenkirk did take below market value. He was getting seven year deals. He took a four year deal for the Rangers and it was sort of, and he was getting $7 million offers. I think he signed with the Rangers for 6.4 or something like that. It was easier to move on from Kevin Shattenkirk for the Rangers. Now it didn't work out. Yeah. And he came to the Rangers at the worst time. Tavares came to Toronto when they were going up. And the problem is you, you, you spend too much money and you only have an allotted amount. It's, it's, it's what's going to happen. You don't, you have to cut costs in other places. And your answer was to cut costs in goaltending. So that's one of those I just can't help but just go, oh my goodness. Clash, I know we've been talking about some other things, but I do think Robertson's going to get a good look at that 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 one. And actually, at the beginning of the video, I did say that uh, Cooley is going to be there. Um, so Anthony and I then have to now start seeing. Uh, yeah, but I, I, now I'm catching up on comments, guys. Sorry. Between my dog and holding up on a, a couple other things. See it all over the league. Uh, no trade to Canadian teams for most players, but actually most of those are American. Those are the Canadian players that don't want to go there. Rick Nash was famous for that. It was like, yeah, all the Canadian the Canadian teams. <laughs> um, uh, I'm just gonna just jump right to the end, Anthony. I I, I think I got so many of these uh, comments. But by the way, this is another reason why it backs up what you're saying. Marshan might be done. I mean, those hip surgeries. Guys that usually come back from his, there's always yeah, like a surgery that like you have to beware of and go. The guys don't come back from that. NHL is the hit. They're tough, yeah, yeah. I mean, and if he's gone, I mean that. That's why I think Pasternak's done. I mean, I, I think he sees Boston as an aging team. Um, you know, again, Bergeron's going to be done. Krejci's going to be done. You have Marshawn, who's still there, but I mean, I, I, I think he's, I think he's going to leave. And I think if Boston's a bad team, they're going to have to trade him. Anthony, you might be 100% on that. And the hard part is they're going to have to trade him before the end of the year at the trade deadline, the deadline. if they're going to try to yeah. go at it. They're, yeah. they're going to have to try to get rid of it. You're looking at New Jersey Taylor Hall right now, where they're going to have to try to move on from him sooner than later because, Anthony, I'm looking at their cap friendly right now. First off, let me start by saying this. They have... $31 million invested in their defense and $30 million the next year invested in their defense with Mac McAvoy, Lynn Holm, Carlo. And uh, there's a couple guys that are still signed for one more year. Anthony, this is what's scary about Boston. Here are the following forwards that are signed next year. We'll go with just next year for Boston. Taylor Hall. Brad Marchand, Charlie Coyle, 
Jake DeBrusque, Oscar Steen. Wow. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight UFAs and one RFA. They are going to be going into rebuild if they don't. Yeah. And do they anything. also. They also they also have one of the worst ranked pro- prospect systems in the league too. So, yeah. I mean the ball the Bruins are going to get bad and they're going to get bad quick. And yeah, once again, thank God you got Taylor Hall under contract. And by the way, and and now it, yeah, again, I, I've been on the Taylor Hall <laughs> sniping train for a long time. So, <laughs> I mean. He he yeah. rescinded that he rescinded that trade request. Yeah, he rescinded it. They paid him right now. They're paying him four million dollars. So, I mean, I don't know how Jake DeBrusque would have made more money <clears throat> other than getting moved. I mean, this is I'm looking at the Bruins' salary cap. It's not looking good, and their goaltending. Well, it's you got to hope Swayman does something. I mean, with that, he's on the final year of his ELC, and Allmark is getting paid five million dollars for the next three years. Uh, Anthony, they're they're going to be in dire straits, I think, very soon. You, you know what? When Boston becomes a bad team, you know what you can go, you could circle back to and blame it on Taylor Hall. No, you, you're obsessed talking about Bash Taylor Hall. <laughs> um, the two, the two thousand. The 2015 draft, one of the most deepest drafts in a yep. long time. They had three picks in a row, 13, 14, and 15. You know who they took? Jacob Jeremy Zabral. Jeremy was one of them. What? No. Jacob Zabral, Jacob, Jake DeBrusque, and Zach, Zachary Sension. Oof. And so they picked those three guys. Or they, could have, they could have had Kyle Connor, Thomas Shabbat, Matt Barzell, Brock Besser, Travis Konechny, all those guys were available. They they took those three guys over. I mean, could 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 you imagine instead of instead of having those three, having Connor, Barzell, and Shabbat? I let that, I, let, that, I, I just, let that stew for a minute. And I do. I by the way, just to say this for the record, I did know that they missed out on those guys. I obviously I screwed up. I said Jeremy was on. I thought he was definitely one of those guys that was in there. But yeah, you're right about that. You you whiff on three first round picks. I mean, and then you have elite players like them drafted right after. I mean, that's that's ugly. That's yeah. ugly. That that's that's I mean, really that's really ugly. Now, I mean, that's that's yeah. That's that's very bad. That's very very bad. And. I mean, you talk about teams that are handcuffed, like, you know, Randy's here, obviously the the Minnesota Wild are one of them that are handcuffed with those salary caps. But I mean, the Bruins, I'm looking at them right now. The Bruins just like, oh my God, they're going to have nobody on the contract for next year, for next year. They have 13 players under contract next year and, and they're paying Anthony, they got to you're right about that. They got to trade Pasternak uh, by, I think, January at the worst. I mean, I don't know. It's just going <sighs> to. 
I think that's a whole topic. That's a whole video that we should have done all together. And uh, wow. Uh, I think Anthony just gave me a good, uh, a good article. I'm going to have to do some research on all those, but there's, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of those. Th- wow. <laughs> I'm actually speechless. And yes, you're right about that. Uh, I'm trying to figure out a short way to say it for you, but yeah, state, you're right about that. The Bruins, the Caps, the Penguins, they're all going to have painful rebuilds. I think the Capitals might be in the best situation because they got a lot of guys that could put in LTIR, like uh, like Nicholas Backstrom, who looks like he might be done. And wow. And you know what? And and I got to agree with this. I was <laughs> they could fill out the rest of their roster with BTOs. <laughs> That's good, David. Um, the wild will be okay because the Bruins are not going to the playoffs. All big players are out until Thanksgiving. Yeah, I know. Well, we went over that, but see, then they're going to make a late run. Then they're going to, tr- then they're going to think, Hey, let's get one more shot at this. And then the truth is that team that was in the Stanley cup finals in 2017, 2019, that, that team's gone. They're done. So, I mean, and as much as everyone's saying stuff like this, David, you know, because, uh, and, and, and again, going back to da- a different David, but uh, the pens, re- the pens rebuild will be painful because it will let, la- uh, it will last the contracts of Latang and Malkin. You were correct on that. Latang's $6 million over six years. It's, that's one of those that's, I'm sorry, that's not going to age that well. And Yes, every team in the first round, Delia said skipped Sebastian Aho that year. And Sebastian Aho, god damn, that guy. I I I absolutely would kill to have Sebastian Aho on my team. Uh <laughs> the island is painful, is gonna be a uh, rebuild is gonna be painful. No, it's not actually wicked. I'm gonna say this for you. The reason why it might be at least tolerable, I'll use that word. Sorokin. And the only question for, for the Islanders on that, let me make sure I got this one right here. Um, because I'm going to the game, I only got about another 20 minutes, guys. So, uh, but for the Islanders, let me just make sure Sorokin is an RFA and. Oh, Sorokin is a UFA after 2024. So you might want to pay him now. Now I know they're paying him $4 million as it is. Ouch. And uh, I don't know about their, their, their set for the next 10 years, but they're set for a while. My, my thing is when you get a lot of guys that block shots and play as physical as they are, like, um, like uh, Pellick blocks a lot of shots, it, it ends up wearing out uh, everything. Like the players wear out sooner. Look at Ryan McDonough. Look at Dan Girardi. I know Ryan McDonough was still productive for the last couple of years. Lauren, how's it going? Yeah, several teams skip on Seth Jarvis. That is correct. And Seth Jarvis, hell of a player. Absolutely hell of a player. <laughs> uh Cor, I'm 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 trying, I'm trying my best. So, but I, I, I am gonna have to go to the game. And yes, I have to get started early. And uh um by the way, everybody, I I'm so terrible at this. Just make sure you hit the like for us. I haven't even checked to see what our likes are right now. Um, this is where the great thing about I mean, 18 likes so far. Yikes. 
Make sure you hit the like before you come in. <laughs> um, we are growing a little bit. We're still a little bit stagnant. We finally went over 2,500 people. Um, but let's get back to this. So uh, it really, Pittsburgh's rebuild, you're still going to have a couple years of Crosby. Um, I think his contract's still going for another couple years. But, I mean, Pittsburgh especially, you're talking about the two guys that they signed. They still have lots of injury woes. Crosby is signed through 2025. Uh, I wonder where he would want to end up to end his career. Does he go to Montreal or something like that? And and Gentles re-signed until 2025. They're paying Brian Russ now forever until 2028. So there's another one. Jason Zucker, who seems to always be injured as well. Pittsburgh is just a team. They're, I, Pittsburgh's going to have a lot of problems. On a lot of problems coming up. Jeff Petrie's 34 years old. He's making 6.25 million for the next three years, including this one. And he will turn 35 before December. So December 9th, actually. That's when he's going to turn 35. Yikes. So that's that's not going to be any good. Uh the the Penguins, Jesus, just looking at this team. I, I caution a lot of Islander fans about the guys. They have over 30. The Penguins have just on their defense, they got Chad Ruedel, Jan Ruda, uh, uh, Brian Dumoulin, Chris Letang, Jeff Petrie. They're all over 30. And a matter of fact, the youngest one is 31. So, and then you look at their forward group, Crosby, Malkin, Zucker, Rust, Ricard Raquel is going to turn 30 in the playoffs, maybe if they get there. Uh, Jeff Carter's 37. And uh, in, in Archibald's 29. The, he's not really going to see the light of day. And there's that that team is just so old. They're they're going to have a lot of issues, I think. So, and yeah, they're all the rest of us are just going to be. It's like wicked, just like you said that. We're going to be like that meme of the, the little girl smiling as the house is burning down. That's what the rest of us are going to be like. And Jeff Petrie trade was questionable. I agree with you on that. Uh, was it Krill a fifth round pick? Yes, he was. Um, <laughs> another 10 minutes needs an hour. No, I definitely have a limited uh, time today. I got to make sure I adhere to that. So uh, let's matter of fact. <laughs> I got All right. I said 10, I said 20 minutes and I'm still going to do an extra 15 guys. So 240 is what I'm doing. There we go. 240. And I got an alarm going off. So, oh, by the way, Lauren, you just reminded me and I've been using this today. What was the first couple words you had on oh, there? To be fair. 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 Uh, to be fair, it was assumed Carell would stay in the KHL and never make the jump over to the NHL. If he had not given the impression Carell would have been a first-round pick, yeah. And that happens all the time. You get those guys that you just don't know whether or not they're they're going to be there. So, Oh, hey, how's it going, AZ? And Wicked, I think you're right about that, but I think the Islanders can actually retool on the fly. The thing is, I don't know if they could do that 
with the current philosophy. I'll put it to you that way without getting myself in more hot water with uh, people in there. It'll be the Devils, the Canes, the Rangers at the top of the Metro for years. Well, the thing about that music is I think it matters who is coaching the Devils. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. It does not surprise me that I think it's going to be um, uh, probably Andrew Burnett coaching this team by January. I say by Thanksgiving. I don't see how Lindy Rush gets there. Uh, what Ranger do I see uh, making the opening day roster? <sighs> Brennan Ottman. And I say that lightly because I think their bottom six is going to be pretty much settled. Uh, Ottman might make the team. They might have him play a couple games and send him back to juniors. He's going back to juniors. There's no way around that. There's no way around that. So, uh, I want this to have such bad contracts. <laughs> you know what's great? Oh, I might have, I might have uh, not capped it as well. Lindy Ruff, Lindy Ruff. I do know his name. Uh, Lindy Justin. <laughs> All right. Um. By the way, uh, you know those, you know those um memes or that uh all those things tell me tell me your age without telling me telling me your age i love it that you said the patrick division it hasn't been the patrick division since 1993 and i love it <laughs> i wish they'd go back to those the patrick the the patrick the Smythe, the adams and the norris so let's see um what's the standings by christmas Now, again, this is Christmas, so I want to be clear that it's not going to be the final standings. I'm just saying Christmas. I'm going to go the Rangers, the Penguins, because they're going to have a 10-game winning streak, because they always do. Then I'll still say the... I'm going to go with the Canes, third place, the Islanders, fourth place. Or no, the no to go the Capitals fourth place, the Islanders fifth place, and Columbus still really not breaking through yet at, at sixth place, and the Devils now have to take over and make up for a bad slide. Uh, and Wicked, I'm going to say that no, the the Rangers are not as low as the Islanders, and the Islanders aren't really that. No, the, the Islanders are okay. I mean, I, I don't, I got to look at their prospects. Uh, Filk would be able to definitely give you guys all that. It, here's the reason why I think, I think Pittsburgh and Washington are still going to show that they got something early on in the season, but they're going to fade away. That's just how it's going to be, especially with them. Uh, if I haven't mentioned it before, guys, if you're interested in the hats, click the link below. Because I love these. I think they're fire. Yeah, I just used that word. That 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 clearly doesn't sound right coming out of my mouth. I shouldn't ever say the word fire. I think they look great. Yeah, there you go. Uh, very good chance. The Islander has regressed this year. Columbus is the one team uh, in the division that swing that with the potential to swing upwards. Make a, a deal or two by the trade deadline to improve. I'm interested to see what Columbus is going to do to start the season because they are still over the cap as well. 
where the hell am I getting hiccups from? I can't even do anything. God, aging is such crap. All right, protected projected cap space right now, uh, four hundred and sixteen thousand for Columbus. But if I recall correctly, and I've Boone Jenner is still in the IR, and they're going to activate their captain, and that's three three point seven five million dollars. So they still have some work to do. Um, so still we'll get into some other ones. But the, uh, the other thing about the Canes, because the Canes are, are a team that's going to be well-coached for the regular season. They're go- the Canes are going to be great. And uh, as far as, like, finishing up the season. So, I mean, I still see the Canes and the Rangers finishing uh, one and two, probably. But the uh, – I see – uh, see, the thing is, I think the Penguins are going to wear down. There's going to be injuries on them because, again, speaking about which, they they win 10 games in a row. They also have injuries that hamper their season. Mike Sullivan keeps them afloat because that's what Mike Sullivan is. He's a great coach. It would have been a shame for him to be the Rangers coach in 2014. Maybe they would have won it all. Although, again, Elaine Vigneault did a good job in 2014. I can't – in 2015, I can't go him on that. Um, if there were one Ryan McDonough – foot treatment away from being a in the Stanley cup finals, two straight years and probably winning it. I think they beat the Blackhawks that year. Uh, the Canes will be in first due to their goalies. Haven't gotten hurt yet. Uh, you need BAH or yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> Thanks David. By the way, I'm a little, uh, I, your other comment right here. I was 11 and 93. Uh, I would go back to playing uh, regular Nintendo and having airplanes on my wallpaper. Yeah, that actually sound that sounds like fire. Let's see, ninety three. I was fifteen. I just turned fifteen. Seems like the Rangers have an interesting first month. Tampa, Minnesota, and the Avs. Yep, I would not be surprised if the Rangers don't get off their great start in the for the first month. But I don't see Tampa really coming out like world beaters right away. They usually don't. I think Philly is going to slightly overachieve because of torts. You guys talked about it earlier, and you were right about that core. It's just John Tortorella is a great coach. John Tortorella, there's a reason why the guy, Stanley Cup winner. I mean, he he went from a two-time coach of the year, by the way. The guy knows how to coach. Just, just that simple. The Wild is going to be a really good team. Not as much spoken about, but tough team to play against that. I, I like that, and... You just got to wonder about Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, he's up there in age. He's like 38, I think, right now. Or 37. I think it is 38. Now you can make me look it up. And Fleury is... Don't know why I had to sing that one. He'll be 38 by Thanksgiving. And how about that? Philip Gustafson, who's the backup, has got my birthday. Hey, that's nice. So, <laughs> more useless information to spread around to everybody. Make sure you are hitting that like button if you have not done that. And see, we're we're so we're so committed to content, we forget to whore ourselves out. Ninety nine percent of YouTube is all about that. So make sure you are hitting that like button. Um. I'm thinking about doing a watch along for opening night for the Rangers. 
So it'll be interesting to to see me when I'm as I'm drinking and watching the game. I mean, some of the some of the shit I say during the game, I never want anybody to hear. <laughs> me, myself, and Philk can say a couple things that you're just like, ah, no cheering in the press box. <laughs> Most of the players on uh, on the Canes are already back in town, getting some preseason and some uh, practice and training. Yep. Also, Zoo got hurt. Don't forget about that. Uh, they they win the Stanley Cup in 2015 if Zook is wearing ear guards. I mean, what's a chance a puck fits right where his ear is? Nice shot. I think it was McDonough's the one that hit him. Uh, let's go to Vinny Trocheck. Vinny Trocheck, in my humble opinion, I think that's what that means. I still don't really know all the acronyms. We'll show how much he'll improve the second line center spot and play defensively, specifically. In his forechecking, well, the forechecking isn't so much defensive, but I know what you mean by that. I actually still think, uh, Gene, I think that he, he should not play with Panarin. Panarin should be on another line, create different matchups. The Rangers do that. I think uh, this, the sky's the limit for them after that because they got the goalies and they could do a lot, a lot more. Oh, yeah, they got Jesper Wallstadt in Iowa. Okay, that's a good sign for them. So in case there's any problems, they're going to get a guy with an entry-level contract. Delia is saying, I'm putting this out there now, five teams from the Metro and only three teams from the Atlantic. Bolts fall short. Remember, they were in a wild card spot late in the season. That's right. But unfortunately, like it is the Bruins, you know, I, I just, I see the Bolts being too top-heavy to, to be knocked out. Almost same thing with the Maple Leafs. I mean, Jesus, I mean, that's, that's a lot. Which retired Ranger, uh, you think they will need to retire his number? Uh, so he's already retired and a Ranger. Um, and music. Yes, I did say that. I'll go, I'll go into the thinking on that in a second. Uh, which retired Ranger? I, I think actually everybody's pretty much retired that needs to be retired now. I don't think there's anybody else that they need to do. And again, a lot of it came in kind of rapid fire with the Rangers over the last few years. Cause they, they didn't the Rangers are one of the worst organizations and in the New York Mets as well and honoring their past. And, th and then you get an owner that, or an organization that they change the philosophy and they want to honor the past a little bit more. Great. And then it feels a little bit foreign to some players. Like, wait a minute. We only had Gilbert and Jockerman's number retired. Eddie Jockerman, Eddie Jockerman night. After that, he deserved to have his number retired that day. So, I mean, Eddie Jockerman night was one of the most uh, heartwarming events in New York history. I don't care. I mean, I know we. it probably is right there, right behind Mike Piazza's home run in the first uh, game, baseball game in New York after 9-11. And that's how great that was. And and again, we, we, we talked about it earlier, but the Mets and Braves hated rivals. And they shook hands before that game. And because they, they might have been wearing, in different dugouts, but we're all Americans. That's why, again, that's, that's why it's just in that day. You should never forget that. So going with um this... I think everybody's retired that needs to be retired. I don't think anybody's retiring Ryan Callahan's number any day soon. And I know I just said that out loud. 
Uh, I don't think they're retiring Yager's number. I don't think they're retiring Jeff Bukabooms. They're not retiring him. So you really don't have many more options. And uh, John Van Beesbrook, maybe, but that's like an outside, outside chance. But they should retire Hugh Jessamine's number. Yeah, they definitely should. Okay. Um, I've been watching the dark side of the nineties. It makes me so sad. Uh, the documentary films and I vividly, yeah, by the way, that is true. How many points will Keandre Miller put up? That's going to be an interesting question. I don't think Keandre Miller is success is at all going to be, um, uh, based on his points. I think it's going to be based on his, his, we'll say plus minus. I know everybody hates plus minus. I still think it's, it, it's, it's important, but his plus minus is going to be effective. And if he makes another jump, watch out for the New York Rangers. The funny part is by the way, that Filk and a lot of other guys, their whipping boy was always Jacob Truba and Jacob Truba still at about 39 points last year, 10 goals, 30 assists, uh, uh or might have been 29, but still that's, that's pretty good for a guy that's not playing a lick of power play time. So, uh, and the Rangers fades there. There's a, there's a lot of now, again, going back to what I was saying with that before, actually, I don't want to put Panarin and Trocek together because I think Panarin plays, he controls the puck so much that he could actually be the, uh, the guy to set up Filipino playing a center. Filipino is more of a shooting center anyway. So I think, I think he would greatly help Heedle. That's just what, that's my personal opinion. That's what I see. And then you create a third line. You can go Kako, um, Trocek, and I don't know who else after that. Uh, that. That alarm's going off. So we only got about two more minutes, guys. So what Islander would I want on the Rangers and vice versa since these teams almost never trade? It's all a fantasy. Uh, JG Pajot now. I, I hate JG Pajot. <laughs> but that's, but it's, it's, it's because he beats my team. I, I, I think JG Pajot would fit in great with the New York Rangers right now. Um, but I think. Now, what Ranger would the Islanders want? You don't need Chris Cross. You know what? It's Artemi Panarin. They needed Artemi Panarin on there. They missed out on him on free agent signing. So there you go. That's, yeah. And by the way, guys, everybody, every time you're promoting us, thanks. It's, we're doing our best. I got, I'm, I'm trying to do my best to grow everybody. So, um, I don't understand why the video is not working on my, on my YouTube thing, but I got the chat going. So on my monitor, oh, there it is. All right. Hey, we're up to 24 likes at least. So, oh, I think I got a new guy in the chat before I leave. I got to at least say hello. Oh God. Sergey Zubov. Yeah. All right. See wicked. This is the great reason. Why? Yep. You, that's why you need user comments to check it back. Yes. I mean, Lou Gehrig's speech is, is above Eddie Jockerman. 
Um, but it's, yeah, it's, and by the way, Brian, welcome to the show. And I got to say this, Sergey Zubov is one of those that I just, oh man, I, I wish the, I wish the the Rangers never traded him. Why, why listen to Mark Messier, get rid of him and bring in all Samuelson. Look, they made it to the conference finals two years later, but I'm, I'm not a big fan of dealing Sergey Zubov, who is now and rightfully in the hall of fame. So uh, again, so yeah, you guys doing your jobs to promote us. Thank you very much. We're, we're, we're still trying to catch it all on. Yeah. Yager's number should be retiring in Pittsburgh. That's about it. But uh, <laughs> the Ely saying, Trocek is great on faceoffs as well, but he's also a Vinny Crosscheck. He'll only get called for one a game. Yeah, it's a lot better than, I mean, uh, Ryan Strom, an offensive penalty every single game. Uh, Granny, thank you very much. I'll talk to you later. Ooh, that's a good one. I think we're going to have to get there. Yeah, I think we're going to have to get there and talk about that one soon enough. Now, by the way, one reason why Scott likes to Scott from We Are Blue Shirt Nation. We used to go to games all the time, and uh, he he was ripping on me to say like I got a great picture with Bark and Glenn Anderson. One reason why I can't stand Glenn Anderson is because that was a guy that I wore twenty two for. I wore twenty two uh, with the Rampo Junior Rangers because it was uh, uh, I loved Mike Gartner, and that was back in ninety eight. Uh, yeah, and especially moved for Glenn Anderson. You know, it's like those guys that like walk up to you in school and write their name on the project at the very end and don't do anything. That was Glenn Anderson. Uh, see, I gotta, I gotta look at all the guys that are gonna be playing this year for my Calder picks. There, there was a guy that I had that I wanted to, to put in there, and it wasn't uh, Slavkovsky. Um, I didn't have him in there. Oh, damn it. Who do I have? <laughs> yeah, Granny, I know it's it's I'm just as bad too. I I, I want to get off, but I can't. Um I, I tell you what, the reason why Marco Rossi could be in there is if they end up putting him up between Zuccarello and uh and Kaprizov, who I wouldn't be surprised if he's an MVP this year. Capri's off like he's been that good but uh you know I would say I want Barzell on the Rangers but the thing is the Rangers already have Mika Zibanejad and you don't really need him what the Rangers need to do is get Mika Zibanejad away from being the matchup center I keep I've been saying this for the last year and it's not even that his line isn't good defensively they are him and Kreider are very good two-way players but if you do that you free him up offensively because one of the reasons why Carolina was so dominant was because they can always match a, a match. They had two elite matchup defensive centers with Aho and Jordan Stahl. And if you guys remember when we were doing the uh, the the Canes preview, uh, our Hurricanes contributor Pete Mackin said Jordan Stahl won sixty seven percent of his faceoffs against Patrice Bergeron, and I nearly spit up the water. So yeah, I am uh I am not looking forward to that. Uh 
Is he saying Truba gets too much heat? However, Truba makes many plays during games that do not uh, get recognition. See many poke checks. Yep. And breakaway is safe. Yeah. But what he's got to do is he's got to eliminate those bad pinches. Think about the one on the Seth Jarvis goal in uh, second, the second to last game against the Canes. So that was in there. Yeah. Yeah. And considering how well Gartner did in the 94 playoffs was, was just unreal that they dealt him. And then him and him and Doug Gilmore went off and almost took the Maple Leafs to the Stanley cup finals. 99 is retired around link wide should 68. Nope. That's a quick answer. 68 and 66 should not be retired league wide. Wayne Gretzky transcended the sport. That simple. Everything was all for Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky hosted Saturday Night Live badly, but he just still did. So, uh, yeah, Ottawa signed Tyler Mott. We got there. <laughs> no, I gotta, I gotta go hop in the shower. My, my ride's gonna get here soon. So, just a reminder: Ryan Strom was. Uh, was an Islander and did great with the Rangers. Zubov does not have enough years to retire his numbers. Yes, that's right. By the way, I mean, there are lots of former Islanders that are former Rangers. And I believe the last guy to play for all three teams, Michael Grabner uh, in the tri-state area. I believe that's true. I got to double check that. Uh, remember Joel Bouchard. He, he played for all three. And uh, Mike Motto, and uh, and I'm I'm just rattling off a bunch of guys, but uh, when you have John Van Beesburg as one of those, Beesburg should have never been there. But um, so yeah, yeah. Well, no, yeah, I, I yeah, and Mike Gartner. Uh, Mike Gartner was just always a favorite of mine. And Marty Biron, Aaron Asham. Nope, Pat LaFontaine only played in the state of New York. He played for all three New York teams. One of Pat LaFontaine's great statements was, I was fortunate enough to play for three different organizations and never have to change my license plate. Uh, yeah, I never liked Casparitis as a Ranger. But Casparitis was a great interview for us. What a, <laughs> he was such a great interview. Um... Kevin Weeks is one of them. Yep. Uh, let's see. the Mike Dunham, Kevin Weeks, John Van Beesburg. Those are the three goalies that played for all three Tri-State teams. So, the Tri-State area teams. Yes. Aaron Ashton played for all five teams in the Atlantic Division before, the, before realignment. All right. So... Guys, unfortunately, I'm going to have to start signing this off right now. I also realized I put the music on too high. And I got to start playing my cousin Phil out. Because, uh, well, <laughs> hockey season is coming. That's great, the great part of this. And uh, like I said before, once we start getting... Uh, more followers and more stuff and we're gonna worry about expansion later but it's 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 great doing these every single wednesday who do you think was a better goalie richter or beezer davy i gotta go with see i love this question this is one of the rare times the rangers never had a, a mistake that they made because you had to choose between Richter or Beezer. And at the time, I thought Beezer 
was the better goalie, but the simple fact is go with Richter because he was younger. I do think Mike Richter was the better goalie. I'm going to say it. Um, but <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so old. I almost typed Steve Weeks. Yeah, Steve, Steve Weeks. Well, much older. But um, I think I, I think Richter was the better one. That's out of the two of them. He was more athletic. He was able to go post to post. Uh, Van Biesburg, more aggressive, playing uh, just getting out, playing the angles. He was really good with that for a short goalie as well. And then think about this. Do you think the Rangers win the Stanley Cup in 94 with John Van Biesburg? And do you think Mike Richter takes Florida to the Stanley Cup finals in 96? Did I say 94 accidentally or I said 96? I don't know. Uh, but that's that's a great question. I would I would love to see the alternate reality when that happened. So uh Beezer does not have any cups. Uh he had the most wins for an American goalie, I believe. And then um he was passed by Ryan Miller. And I think he might get passed by Jonathan Quick this year. Actually, one question I never asked Anthony was. Actually, no, it's going to be coming in our season profile of when Ovechkin's going to score 800. And I can't wait for that, guys, because third time in NHL history, somebody will score an 800 goal. So that's going to be amazing. I do have to get this up on for uh, for iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Guys, you can always check us out audio so you don't have to worry about just watching me on YouTube or over at Boss Brokers because I know the bartender there always puts it on at about... 11 o'clock every single shift that he works. There's my shameless self-promotion. So, uh, yes, both American. So, again, everybody. And uh, one of these days, I'm going to put up this song for everybody to download. I love this song. My, my cousin Phil is such a great musician. And it also sort of works for the podcast. And it's, I'm, I'm definitely going to put it up and tag my cousin Karina, who's playing out in Huntington uh, twice a week so it's another great musician in the family runs right in her blood so guys thank you very much because I'll be going to the Mets game my first Mets game of the year I am going to go see and it's going to be great Glenn Healy did not play for the Devils Davey fortunately uh, he played for the Maple Leafs and then he retired and then went right the broadcasting and uh, so uh, going to the Met game, first time all year, and I'll be wearing my brand new Jeff McNeil jersey because that guy can just hit. I mean, one of my favorite New York fans, period, right now. Even almost more than the whole affair himself, Pete Alonso. So, and and I love Pete Alonso. I think Pete Alonso is great. So, it has been great, as we said it all week. Can't wait for the next one of these that we have to do. And we still have a lot more that we're going to have to cover. Can't wait to be doing talking a lot more hockey. We'll be talking about the NHL camps and possibly even some game action. Uh, still waiting to hear whether or not YouTube is going to do that for us this week uh, when it comes up. Anyway, guys, thank you very much. Join us again next week, and we'll see you again soon.